0: So, welcome to another episode of the Swamp Inside Ford Athletics. I'm your co host, Anthony and on my other co host.
1: Jerry Brown's frozen, so I'll save for him. That's Jerry up top. And I'm Marcus.
0: Yeah, Jerry is having Wi Fi issues right now. Um, you, you know, he doesn't listen to us. We've been told this man time and time again to get a new laptop, and he just refuses to do it. He, he just refuses to do it. We don't understand why. But one of these days, he'll actually listen to us.
1: Eventually, Today may not be that day, but you'll, you'll get it right at some point.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, we got a special guest joining us tonight because we're going to actually get into a little bit of recruiting before we recap the Vanderbilt game and preview the South Carolina game. We got Andrew Ivins from 247 Sports joining us tonight. Andrew,
2: how you doing tonight? I'm doing good, gentlemen. Yeah, um, what, three months until the early signing period? I think we're coming up on that. Maybe... Doing some math in my head, 13 weeks maybe. Uh, we're getting close, you know, to the uh, not the finish line, but there were, we went through all the summer commitments. Now we got the uh, flip seasons rapidly approaching, right before everyone can actually sign everything. So uh, I think recruiting's coming back then in, back into the forefront. Yes, yeah, definitely
0: decommitting flip season coming up soon. So. You know, with Florida, I know this weekend, this past weekend, they actually had one official visitor on campus with five-star offensive tackle, Jordan Seaton. So I kind of wanted to go ahead and start with him, Andrew. Like, what, what, is the, what do you think the latest is with his recruitment and where Florida sits with them?
2: Well, I think it's a big deal that, I mean, the Gators got him uh, in for an official visit because Jordan Seaton's recruitment has, I don't know, it's just been different compared to maybe some of these other – high profile blue chip guys. I mean, you go back to the spring and the summer. He's one of the few that really didn't take visits. So many of these kids are just um, looking to make a decision really before that July 4th weekend. And they'll take three, four trips. And by the end of June, um, you know, they are declaring and, and announcing where they're headed. Jordan Seton, he didn't really visit anywhere. Um, And then when you go and and you see him at IMG Academy or you talk to him after a game, I mean, you ask him about a school, he'll talk them up. So it's been kind of hard to get a read on where is he really looking, who's really a contender, uh, because everyone wants him and he has his options. I think he's one of the few guys in this class when we talk about the offensive tackle prospects that has a chance to actually be a left tackle. And it's a down year nationally. For those corner protectors, uh, it's nothing like what we saw in 2023. I mean, 2024—it's it's slim pickings. Uh, as my my guys and, and me personally, we've we've gone through this class. You know, we found more and more. I think tackle prospects that we like. Jordan Seaton is one of them. Um, so I think if you're Florida, you got to feel good that you got him in for the official visit. He hung out with DJ Lagway. He saw a win. Uh, and now you just buckle up and and, and, and you know, try to make your pitch as much as you can up until uh, that early signing period. So uh, I've gotten an Alabama vibe from him in the past. You know, I think Colorado with Coach Prime, he's been out to Boulder. I think they're a team to watch. But but Florida, I mean, they've made him a priority. So I, I, I think Florida's a team a def- that you definitely have to watch out for. And he would address a big need for the Gators. They need – some help when it comes to those tackle spots, just looking long-term on the roster. So um, I, I think if you're a Florida fan, just getting him in was kind of a big deal.
1: Yeah, Lauren knows we need to tackle help, especially now and down the line. And college football teams in general are going to need tackle help, especially in this class. Like, as you said, it's not yeah. the most high-profile tackle recruiting class so far. So a guy like him coming in your program is going to be big. And what this recruiting means, as the mystery has been, Getting the visit was was pretty huge. I didn't expect him to come here for a visit, to be honest. I really didn't. That kind of stuck up on me.
2: I think I think people also forget, you know, these guys can take as many visits as they want. Yeah, likewise. Man, I
3: was, like, pretty surprised.
2: Oh, go, go, go ahead.
3: Joe, you good? Oh, go ahead, Andrew. You're good, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Well, yeah. I was going
2: to say, I think a lot of people, you know, forget. And sometimes I catch myself, you know, these kids can take as many official visits as they they want now. Right. And we really haven't seen anyone kind of not exploit the rule change, but take advantage of the rule change. So we'll see what happens with Jordan Seton. Um, But, uh, you know, uh, with his just talent, like, uh, you know, I've I've discussed this in the past with IMG you talk to any of the people there; they're, I mean, they're, they're super fired up about him. I, I think, you know, it really could go in any direction, but I think if you're Florida, like again, he was on campus, he was around some of your high-profile recruits. Offensive tackle is obviously a position of need; he knows that, uh, and he saw a win, and I, I think that's that's a uh, that should be considered, a, you know, a successful trip for the Gators.
0: Yeah, I, I agree. And, you know, look, like you said, looking at the roster, I feel like he's a guy that can come in and be a day one starter. You know, of course, you got to put the work in, but with his talent, you know, his frame, he goes he college ready already. So I feel like whether it's left tackle or right tackle, I feel like he's a guy that can really come in and, you know, earn a spot, right? Even as a true freshman. I mean, you don't really want to throw freshman offensive tackles out there, but. You know he's one he's one of those guys that's talented enough to actually go out there and do it. But um and speaking of recruiting in general, I kinda wanted to ask, you know, with the transfer portal, you know, how much has recruiting changed now that we have the transfer portal, you're able to enter the portal and go to another school and lose any eligibility?
2: Well I think kind of the the big rule change was the NCAA basically saying hey like the counters that were in place before are really gone and you can essentially do what colorado did and flip your entire roster if you wanted to and florida's done that on a smaller degree in terms of you know moving guys out bringing guys in i think with the transfer portal it's recalibrated how a lot of schools and personnel departments and and coaching staffs think um you know why is it important to stock up on these offensive tackles and I wanted to add this, right? Jordan Seton, you know, he would be a, a major win for the Gators, but I also like what they've done already here in the 2024 cycle. You know, Fletcher Westfall, top 247 tackle for us. He's out of the DMV. You know, he's going to be a riser for us in the rankings. He is six foot eight. You know, he's over 300 pounds, well over 300 pounds. He's a 475 kid in the shuttle. Uh, he's got a respectable broad jump. His tape as a senior looks really good. So in the past, I don't think. People will have considered, hey, could Fletcher Westfall be potentially a left tackle for the Gators? I think you know we're starting to maybe project him that way. And then Mike Williams, the guy that they, they flipped from South Carolina, he's also had a heck of a, a senior season, checks off a ton of boxes. So those two already are, are giving Florida something that they don't really have. What they didn't get in that 2023 cycle it was more interior guys. So I like what. The, the combination of those two, and, and you want to stack those bodies. And in this transfer portal era, it's so important because everyone is fighting for the same offensive tackles. I mean, look at the kid that uh, was at Rhode Island last year. He had 50-plus scholarship offers. He could have went anywhere in the country. He ends up at Oregon, and he's starting for them. And look at Oregon. I mean, they're a potential college football playoff contender. So I think with just the recalibration, right, player movement as it is at an all-time high. I view the transfer portal, and I think a lot of other people in the personnel space kind of view it as free agency, right? And, you know, you can build a team of free agents, but you still kind of have to hit on your draft. And what is the draft? That is high school recruiting. It's still important. You have to have guys that you uh, recruit and you know, you're essentially sixth, seventh, eighth round, you know, undrafted free agents. Those guys got to be key on your roster. I mean, look at – the Kansas City Chiefs, sure, yes, a ton of star power. They've hit on some some big early-on picks, but there's a lot of day three selections that are making plays for them. It was the same thing with the Rams a few years ago. Yes, huge free agent acquisitions, but, um, you know, there's some guys that are, you know, the 18th, 19th, 20th guy you're bringing in that year that are stepping up for you in big moments. So I think with the transfer portal, you know, it, it, it's making it where – Um, roster management has just changed everyone's going to try to look to upgrade everyone's going to try to go after the same guys I think the teams that are going to have the most success and the ones that are going to be built for the most success are the ones that are going to develop depth through the high school ranks and um, I think Billy Napier you know what he did on the recruiting trail in 2023 what he's got committed right now in 2024 I mean there's a lot of guys to like. I mean, it's, it's it was a solid class last year. A lot of those guys are playing. And then you look at the 2024 commit list, start digging into it. Um, there's some guys that should be in that 2D pretty soon.
0: Jerry, you had anything to
3: ask? Yeah, I was about to ask about a 2025 kid, man. Speaking of guys that are kind of like you know under the radar or like day three picks, there's this kid, man, out of the state of Georgia named uh, Kevin Wynn. He's been getting a lot of uh, talks lately. I, I guess so I think he talked to UNC. He just got offered from Florida recently. Uh, do you have like any updates or anything uh, on him and his kind of uh, his recruitment process? You
2: said Kevin Kevin Wynn,
3: mm-hmm. from uh, Green County, Georgia.
2: Yeah, he's a guy that um he's he's a, he's a twenty five. I mean, I don't I don't have any scoop or anything like that. He's mm-hmm. someone um. You know, we've watched. Um, I'm trying to pull up my notes on him. I mean, we we like him. He is a uh, a potential, you know, guy in the middle. I think he could be a one gap, two gap guy. I think if you're Florida, it's kind of like the ideal nose tackle. Um, and that's the other thing, right? You you asked about the transfer portal and and how things have changed. I mean, so much hay is already in the barn for the. For the class of 2024, I think right now about nine percent of the blue chip prospects, so that'd be five or four star prospects, are uncommitted. You know, <laughs> that would give you 91 percent of them are already committed three months before the early signing period. Uh, I mean, so much attention has already shifted to the 2025 cycle. Schools have already um, zeroed in on certain guys. You know, for Florida, I think they've done an excellent job in in the Peach State. Um, since Billy Napier has arrived, and more specifically so in the, those southern parts of, of Georgia. Um, Nasir Johnson in the 2024 cycle is a name that comes to mind. Amir Jackson, um, the tight end commit. I mean, both those guys are at, at small towns, and and Florida has invested time in recruiting them. So I, I don't have a, a specific update on uh, Kevin Wynn, but I think he would fit into that yeah. same category, right, a guy that's in that four- to five-hour radius from Gainesville he obviously you know he's a track and field guy uh he's been productive on the tape you can see it right there uh someone for him I I think personally you know the offseason camp circuit's going to be big for him I mean we already have him in our top two four seven but someone you're just kind of hoping to get like measurements on and and size him up and uh but you know definitely can see why Florida's already sunk their teeth into him
1: I got one question so um So we talked about how the offensive line recruiting has gone so far in this class for Florida. Is there anything that other than that that stands out to you in Florida's recruiting class so far in terms of position groups and strengths and what they probably are lower at?
2: Well, I think the strength of the class is probably the front seven on the defensive side of the ball, and and more specifically so the defensive line group. Now I know they lost Michael Barrow. Uh, he would have been a, a, a nice addition, just kind of a a big anchor in the middle. Um, you know, trending to Georgia. That's that's where the crystal ball looks. But uh, Amarius Williams, who's out of North Carolina. You know, I have a colleague or a former colleague, I should say, that that calls the Carolinas D line heaven. Uh, Amarius Williams is is a favorite for us behind the scenes at twenty four seven Sports. If no one's watched. His film or his highlights, I, I highly encourage you to. I mean, he is six foot three, 265 pounds, and he is consistently playing running back, um, lining up in the backfield. And he gets it done on, on defense, too. But what we do is, you know, we're always kind of studying the NFL draft and like looking at uh, the guys that are being selected from all different schools and, and whatnot. And his profile screams sundays just in terms of uh this is a guy that that played another position he's uber athletic he's got some lateral quickness so i really like amarius williams um and then nasir johnson kind of like circling back on him i he is 300 pounds there's video of him out there doing a a standing backflip. two-way player at dublin high school which is kind of just a, a, a dot on the map. Uh, we are big fans of him. Uh, I, you know I, I think he's gonna need to be you know uh, melted down a little bit and, and some time in, in the weight room, but I mean the flashes are awesome with Nasir Johnson. I think if Florida can hold on to him, he's only gonna make that defensive line room better. Um, I, I, I'm super excited kind of about those guys. Uh, and then you know there's the local kid Kendall Jackson. he's got some traits. Uh, and then when you go to the second level of the defense, I think Miles My, uh, Graham, I always almost say Milan Graham, that's another prospect in the class, wide receiver. Uh, Miles Graham, obviously, EG's uh, son. He's kind of bounced around from high school. High school. He's out at Um Really like the instincts on him. He's got a college ready frame, and we list him at 212 pounds. I'd be shocked uh, if he was anything less than 220 pounds. But I think his ability to read and diagnose um is some of the best we've seen so far in the 2024 cycle uh he had like a 95 yard touchdown run a few weeks ago which was really impressive to just see him make two people miss um and then turn on the the burners aaron Childs, kind of another high floor prospect for us that's a linebacker commit out of the out of the dmv uh elite elite kind of explosive testing numbers for a guy that's north of 230 pounds i think Florida's got to put him in position to succeed, but I like all those guys. And then DJ Lagway, the quarterback, you know, he's kind of one of my favorites in this, uh, in this cycle. Um, Coming into the Elite 11 finals, I had like a a round one, five-star grade on him. You know, you see him in that setting three days, it's up and down. Uh, We decided to kind of hold him where we did, and it's looking really, really smart that we did that in, and didn't move him down, and he's going to be a riser for us um, as a senior. You know, he has he's turned it on. He's seven and zero, completing seventy five point seven percent of his passes, thirty six touchdowns, and just four interceptions. You know, what what does that mean? Well, coming into the season, he was ten and ten, completing fifty nine percent of his passes. He's also improved his yards per attempt. Right now, it's thirteen point eleven yards per attempt. Uh, that is a, a a monster figure. I think it's number two out of all the top two, four, seven quarterbacks. And then, on top of all that, he's a freak athlete, right? He's a guy that can run the football. I mean, he's six-two, two hundred twenty-five pounds. And when you see him, he's kind of like in the mold of a Tim Tebow or a Cam Newton. Like he's a big physical body that can, you know, bang between the tackles. And then when he gets into the open field, he can you know, pick up yardage. So I think that's the strengths. I think the wide receiver hall is sneaky good. Jair Hawkins, I mean he's one of the fastest players in the Sunshine State. He's at IMG Academy. Um I think they got a steal in you know, Isaiah Williams, who's at the Day. I mean Isaiah Williams had a ton of buzz early on in his kind of recruitment, broke his collarbone, only played a few games as a junior. Um, and then was making some noise on the seven on seven circuit. I asked him, like, "Hey, you know who's recruiting him?" Well, no one. Uh, a, a few weeks later, he, he was committed to Florida. He had a 99-yard touchdown. Uh, I mean, he's a four or five guy on the Lasers. I think Florida needs to improve that wide receiver room. I think everyone in, in this space would would say that. So they're going to do it with Isaiah Williams. I think um, Jair Hawkins is going to add, you know, some some speed, and then Tulowski Abrams. You know, they've been using him as a running back at at Fort Myers Dunbar a little bit here as a senior, I've been impressed just kind of with his ability to pick up yardage uh, after contact. So I think those are the strengths, Um, you know, an area where it's like, all right, like, are they going to get maybe a little bit better? I I think the secondary, you know, how do they finish up there? Um, And then can they put an exclamation point on the offensive line class? I mentioned Fletcher Westfall, I mentioned Mike Williams. They also got Marcus Maskall, who's a big, featured guy, committed out of Georgia. And then uh, they got the kid in Germany, Noel Portijan, I think that's how you say his name. I'm actually going out to Germany uh, to see him in an All Star game here uh, next month. Um, but he's like a former dancer. Um, you can actually search his name on YouTube, and there's like a, he's in a break dancing competition when he's like 12 years old. Uh, 334 pounds. He's he's kind of a a freaky guy, and I think Billy Napier and and that strength staff and, and all the coaches are probably excited to, to have a chance to mold him into something.
0: Yeah, I'm definitely going to be watching that video. Yeah, you? Yeah,
2: man. Like, now I can mention it. Like, in, with 24-7, all these recruiting sites, like
1: it's everybody's job. They go into all these small towns in Georgia, somewhere in Florida, in California somewhere, or anywhere in the United States, and they'll find guys, and they'll find guys that maybe some people aren't looking at, maybe some people are a little slower on. How do you find the guy in Germany, of all places?
2: <laughs> well, it's uh, you know, there's a big there's a big boom there. So there's PPI recruits, which is uh, this guy Brandon Collier. He played uh, college football here, and then he played overseas professionally. He's kind of started a, uh, a a camp circuit, or you know, they identify some kids, um, and he'll bring them over every summer, and they will hit, you know. Uh, about eight camps in a week uh, some mega camps gets them in front of a, a ton of different college coaches, Gets them tested, all that. And then the kids will either go back or some of them will end up getting placed at, at different schools. There's Clearwater Academy international, which is obviously uh, in, in the state of Florida. Um, Raybon gap up in Narcoosie up in Georgia. That's another one. Uh, but I think this movement is here to stay. Uh, NFL, uh, the, the NFL, I should say, just opened up like an NFL Academy in, in Europe. One of IMGs like post-grad teams just played them over the weekend. Um, I, I think it's, it's, it's smart, right? Not every one of those kids is going to hit. I think the the biggest obstacle those kids are going to have to overcome is, you know, most of the, mo- everyone that's being recruited in the United States has grown up playing football, watching football. They understand, the intricacies of the game, like the game flow. Some of these guys are introduced to football, you know, when they're 15, 16. So there's a little bit of a learning curve, but man, you can't teach, you know, height, weight, speed. Like you can't teach that. Right. And if guys have it, they have, you know, freaky twitch. You can teach them to become a good football player. So I think that movement is, is definitely, you're going to see, I mean, Alabama's got a linebacker committed from, from Germany. I mean, it's it's definitely here to stay.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy finding kids in Germany. But you know, I, I like that coaches and a lot of these things are kind of expanding, you know, where where to find guys because I mean you just never know. You may go overseas and find a person right. finding punters in Australia all the time. And look at right. how like pretty much every pun is from Australia and they're really good at it. But um think the elephant in the room that I think everybody wants to ask about. We know he's committed to Ohio State, but it's kind of a mystery with Jeremiah Smith because you know, he's committed to Ohio State, but he's taken a lot of visits, mainly schools in the big three. So is there like an update with this recruitment? I know he's still not in with Ohio State, but is there like any chance of him actually – Does like, how how much of a chance would you say Florida has at flipping
2: well, uh, you know, I think that's what everyone kind of wants to know. And, I mean, Jeremiah, after I think it was the big game he had against Miami Central, which was the one on ESPN2 the Thursday night, you know, I was talking to him as he left the field, and I'm like, okay, last time we spoke, you said this thing's going to go all the way up to the early signing period. He basically confirmed that's still the case, and I said, all right, outside of – Ohio State and Florida's big threes? Is is it anyone else? And he said it was just those four schools. And I I, I have maintained from the jump, like I think Brian Hartline at Ohio State, I think it's going to be really hard for him not to go play for the Buckeyes. I think his family is a little bit different maybe than some of these others, and that's because he is cousins with Geno Smith. Like, his family has been through the recruiting process before. I mean, Geno Smith's a guy that has bet on himself in the league and has now found success with with the Seattle Seahawks. So I think they kind of view it through a different lens than maybe some others. And that's just speculation, but, you know, I've talked with his father. I've talked with different people around him. Like, that's the vibe I get. I think they know – Hey, if you go to Ohio State, right, you produce, you're going to be taken care of from an NIL perspective. I mean, Marvin Harrison has a ton of deals. The guys that have come before him have a ton of deals. And, and, and the most important thing is, like, kids want to play for Brian Hartline. Like, it, it, no one wants to hear it, but, like, he is good at his job for a reason. I thought it was notable today. Uh, Ohio State got uh, Javon Bogues uh, or Boggs, a 2025 wide receiver out of Cocoa. Uh, you know, Jeremiah was celebrating that one on social media. Do you read into that? I mean, who knows, but he could have not reacted to it the way he did it. Um, so we'll see, I, you know, what, what stands out to me with, with Florida and, and Jeremiah Smith, you know, he comes for the Charlotte game. Right. And what I've asked him what he likes about the Gators, you know, like who's talking to you the most there, he brought up DJ Lagway and wow. these high profile, like blue chip recruits. Yeah. They live in different parts of the country, but Uh, They attend the same camps. They play on the same seven on seven circuit, you know, with social media, these guys know who they are. And I think Jeremiah knows the type of quarterback that DJ Lagway is and what he could be. And I think that's why he's intrigued by the Gators and, you know, the the fact that Billy Napier and his staff are doing an excellent job of recruiting him. He was at Miami over the weekend. Uh, You know, he was at hard rock stadium for that game against Georgia tech, that the hurricanes ended up dropping. He's, He's been to Florida State. Um, we'll see, because I think the Seminoles quietly have done a really good job in South Florida the past few cycles. Like Mike Norvell has kind of planted a little bit of a flag uh, in, in 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 Broward and in, in Miami Dade. Now does he have another, you know, big big uh, bunny he can pull out of his hat? I don't know. I think Mario Cristobal will be texting that kid until, you know, 11:59 59 uh, on the, you know, the night before the early signing period. So we'll see. I think if you're one of the big three, right, you're a Florida fan, Miami fan, FSU fan, like you need to hope Brian Hartline gets one of these job openings, right? Northwestern, yeah. Michigan State, whatever else comes open. But, I mean, he's good at his job for his reason. Like, it, you know, <laughs> I've seen him operate. I've seen him work a sideline. I've, I've seen him talk with the kids. Um, and, and his track record speaks for itself. So, I don't know. People have asked me to, like, rank who do I think has the best shot at them, Florida, Miami, or Florida State. I I think it's all kind of even, just my outsider read. All right. So –
0: Personally, about Jeremiah –
2: One more time, maybe. Oh,
0: yeah. I I was just going to say, me personally looking at Jeremiah Smith, I personally think he might be the best prospect (laughs) to ever be evaluated in high school because that is a kid that you can put on college field right now and for about, he's a college football. Might be the best receiver on that team. He, he just has that kind of talent.
2: Well, you know, like this whole reclassification boom has taken place, right? we you know, it, it, it happens in college basketball all the time, but we're seeing more and more guys, you know, jump. Usually one cycle, but Austin Simmons jumped two cycles, right, going mm-hmm. from twenty-five mm-hmm. to twenty-three, um, and we've done some some preliminary research and kind of like the results aren't super great like it's it's not easy to do now that being said you know i posed this to my team and and we've like out of all the prospects in 2024 like who are you confident you could put on a college field right now and like they would get a good grade from pff and be able to contribute and i Jeremiah Smith is, is the one name that, that comes to mind. I mean, I've been in South Florida now for eight years. I think he's the best I've ever seen, I've ever scouted. And, you know, when these guys get put on a pedestal so early in the process, they get nitpicked. They get picked apart, right? Everyone wants to be like, well, that, that one time I saw him, he didn't do this, and – you know, do I have those thoughts? It's like, is, is he really this good? And then he'll always do something. It's like, okay, yes, like, it's, it's aligning. I, I think the big question for us on, on Jeremiah Smith, from like a rankings perspective, was like, what are the athletic markers? Like, so many of the guys selected in the nfl draft and and if you look at the data are like multi-sport guys that aren't just specializing in one thing and then he goes and he wins a state title in the 110 and the 300 meter hurdles right uh and yeah it was in a lower classification but that still says a lot i mean that's a very technical event um and something that he's not doing year round um so yeah i mean he is he's the real deal i was with a at that Miami Central versus Chaminade game, I was standing next to a FBS coach that evaluates the receiver position. He's like, yeah, yeah. I mean, this guy's as good as I've ever seen. And, you know, wow. that's just more context. Like, you know, just something else you also hear. I mean, do you put much stock into it? No. But uh, he's he's he's. I think he is the safest prospect in the 2024 class is another way to phrase it. I'm here to help. Go ahead, sorry. No,
1: now, I was going to say, so with the advent of the early signing period and with Jeremiah's recruiting being so even amongst the big three in Ohio State and no no one really knows for sure whether it's going to be on a given night, how has the early signing period now you're fighting for him in December instead of usually when before this you're fighting for a guy all the way up to February, how much has that changed
2: Korea. Mm. well I, I i mean it's all accelerated right it's so accelerated and my theory on this whole thing is it's only like dumping gas on the transfer portal right and this isn't specifically for maybe the top guys in the country right you know the top 50 guys um but with it being so accelerated right now everyone is racing to have a bulk of their signing class done by the time they start fall camp right july 4th has essentially turned into like this crazy recruiting event over the past few years and i i think there are goods and there are pros and cons like for me i would 100% put a signing window at some point in July, right? If, if you're gonna lock in, then all right, you're locked in. We don't have to keep babysitting you. We don't need to keep wasting time and all that. So I would advocate for that. But from like a talent evaluator's standpoint, I think accelerating the process so much is going to lead to, it just leads to misevaluations, right? Um, and why? Like the senior seasons are critical for when it comes to high school development yes the junior seasons are a big year too but now you're basing some evaluations just off of what these kids did as a junior and that's going to lead to more misses because there isn't a full sample size and sure you're gonna be like well you know you can evaluate the kids senior season and then make a decision on what you want to do and it's like You can and you can't really like you can't just go and cut bait with your whole recruiting class, you know, uh, the week before the early signing period. That's that's a PR nightmare. Right. So I think that's where we're going to see the most the effects of this accelerated process. Um, And, you know, it used to be in, in, in. you know, December and January, coaches are going out on the road and they're looking at guys that are playing in state title games. They're looking for guys that, hey, maybe he's at a power school, didn't really get a play as a junior, but now he's had this monster senior season. Oh, hey, this kid was six foot two. Well, now he's six foot four and he's added 75 pounds. I mean, these are 16, 17 year olds, which are maturing. Like that is a huge process. But when these coaches go out on the road now, it's a, all right, what well, you know? What juniors do you have for me? Because we want to get them in for a junior day at the end of January, and then we want to get them in March, and then we want to set up an official visit, and then we want them, you know, committed. So, it, how is it changing everything? Like Friday Night Lights, that used to be like this huge evaluation process for mm-hmm. seniors. I mean, it, a few years ago, it was at Florida. I mean, remember when Evan Stewart worked out? I mean, it was a, a yeah. crazy thing. Like I think the days of that are gone. Right. If I this agree. setup is, if the current setup is how it is, like no kids are going to want to work out. Right. And I think the other thing is a lot of these kids are going to sometimes mail it in on their senior season. Again, right. Mm-hmm. Sure. You can get on campus. You got the scout team reps, but like playing live football, you can't really simulate that. So, uh, and I think that's going to lead to just more roster turnover. That's going to put more names in the transfer portal. Guys are going to get on campus. Right. And they're going to think they've made it. And, that's not really the case. And then, you know, they're in the transfer portal. Uh, so it's changed a lot. Right. And, you know, I've had the luxury of, of going to some different like personnel conferences and and, and talking with the minds, you know, coaches, uh, different recruiting directors. And like, that is, that is kind of a, a underlying theme uh, with this whole thing. So it's, it's changed a lot. Like I'm sure, you know, a lot of these recruiting departments when it should be burning the tape on the 2024s right now, it's actually really, burning the tape on the 2025 because so they want to get those guys in for game day visits. And like I said, you know, once we flip the calendar of the new year, it's full go on that class.
3: That's crazy, man. Like, now that you mention all that, I can kind of see like how it's changed over the course of the years because I felt like it was always full go on the current class, like the current season, you know, like, for example, like the Byron Coward, C.C. Jefferson era, like, oh, man, everybody man. was just on to those kids, you know, at that time. Now it's like like we're just talking about we're kind of like looking towards 2025 already. You know, people are trying to get those kids in, trying to say you know let's get a heads up on these guys because the recruiting game is quick now. You
2: got deals. And don't get me wrong, like there's gonna be flips, right? Like there are yeah. gonna be absolutely right. There are gonna be big names moving around, but you know it's you can't just go to the someone in your class that's been committed and that you've already brought in for an official visit and be like, well, hey, you know, like. We didn't think you were as a senior. Like in some yeah. schools, it's a luxury, um, but you know it's kind of locked in. And and, and and I again, I think that's just gonna can keep the transfer portal numbers are where, where they're at. Like the movement is only gonna continue.
1: Fast yeah, imagine a recruitment like say Dante Fowler back in 2012. So mm-hmm. he fought Florida all the way up to the end until February sign day, where he finally did flip to Florida. Imagine where it was a, a deal where. He says, I'm, recruit- I'm coming in on early signing day, and he was still committed to Florida State by then. Would he have flipped? Like Questions like that are going to arise now that, that early signing day is here. Like Recruitment is just so different from when I started following it at that time. It's so different.
2: Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was reading a text, but ask it again. I'm sorry.
1: Now I would say I like a general statement. So like, imagine, recruiting, let's say, like Dante Fowler is happening today. Where it was a battle between Florida State and Florida. February they day rolls, rolls around. He's commanded Florida State for the longest and then he finally flips to Florida on Saturday Day. Though so now it being moved up to December for an early period instead of waiting all the way to the end of February, recruiting recruits like that and recruiting battles like that are just so vastly different from when I personally started following
2: recruiting. Yeah, and the other thing too is like remember when Florida played in the in the Las Vegas bowl? Like the timing of that was okay. not ideal in terms of like moving your in-home visits around because you're playing this early bowl game. Yeah, uh, you know that that's something else that I think needs to be changed with with the calendar because you're at a a massive disadvantage. Even if you make it to a conference championship, like hey, you're like losing a week. And sure, yes, like you can tell kids that you're you're not there because you're you're playing in a in a big show, but that's also just putting pressure on your coaching staff Correct. we saw an all-time kind of movement of college coaches or I should say at an all-time high of college coaches leaving for the NFL like there needs to be some guidelines I think and and a lot of people are pushing for that stuff
0: right and we had a question from uh, from one of our um viewers on here and they want they asked they're asking about Kanan Daniels who's the running back commit Florida has right here they're asking is he going to be a late riser
2: yeah, I mean, I think there's a chance. What do you have that crazy game where, what was it, like six touchdowns or something like that? I think he is a – he fits what Florida wants to do from kind of a, a running standpoint. Like we know from what we've seen of Billy Napier, you know, a, a year and a half in, like they want to be a, a, a power run team. And um, he's an intriguing guy. I think for him the, the big kind of key evaluation for him is going to be that Alabama-Mississippi game which is slated for the second week of December um, like his senior stuff. But, you know, for, for us, like the the running back position, and, and I'm sure everyone sees it with the NFL, it, it's kind of become so, I don't want to say like devalued, but, you know, a lot of, these guys, you know, they aren't being taken high in the draft. Our rankings are, are always going to mirror. That's kind of the compass, the NFL draft and, you look at college football, I mean, how many true freshman running backs are making uh, an impact around the country? It's one of the easiest positions to get onto the field. So, you know, I I think sometimes people look at the rankings, right. And they're like, all right, this guy's only a three-star, but it's like, no, like we really, really like him, but we're only going to have a handful of these running backs as a four-star. So I think specifically with Daniels, uh, the Mississippi Alabama game is going to be a big evaluation. And I think that is one of the most, kind of underrated uh, all-star events on the calendar. I mean, you know, you don't get a ton of exposure points to the kids in Mississippi or or Alabama, the Yellowhammer State, because there's not a lot of camps there. Uh, I think it's smart for Florida to recruit that area. I think, you know, they've been in Alabama in the past. Like, I would continue to do that. It's a neglected region, and there are big people there. Um, so, yeah, we'll see with them. But I think so far early season returns on, on KN uh, have been nothing but positive.
0: Yeah, being here in the Pensacola area, we usually get that game on TV every year, that All Star game. So I get to, whenever I do get to watch it, like you see, you see guys like last year, you saw guys like Kelby Collins, you saw TJ T. Park, who's at Clemson, Um, guys like Peter Woods also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now these are guys that are making a huge impact at the college level right now as true freshmen. So, like recruiting that area, whether it's Alabama, Mississippi, really honestly, this Gulf Coast area where I'm at, I I honestly think college coaches need to be in this area more because just it's so much talent here that sometimes doesn't get seen. And then you mentioned stars. I kind of stopped looking at the stars on the players because I more so looked at what schools are going after them. So a kid might be a Mm three-star, but you see schools like Florida, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson are going after them. It's like, okay, this kid's a three-star, but clearly these schools think he's he's better than that. They think Look, he's a guy that that's gonna come in and, and make some plays for him. So yeah, I definitely agree that looking at the stars on some of the players kind of don't want to do that because you know some of these players are better than what they're rate they're rated.
3: Like a guy like like Jameer Gibbs, bro. I got a chance to watch some of his film, and like he was a three star at the time, and I'm like, bro, like Jameer Gibbs is a stud, and so. You know, eventually it came along. He ended up being a four-star, but the kid was just so talented, like
2: just crazy, you know? So I agree with you, bro, for sure. Well, just to echo that, I mean, I think a lot of people fail to realize that we only have, you know, 400 spots to use out of a player pool of, of 5,000 or an unlimited player pool, essentially. I mean, how many kids are playing high school football? So we're trying to take our, our calculated shots, um, you know, <laughs> It doesn't get easy when you're when you're trying to when you're trying to whittle them down. And for us, like watching the senior season, super important, getting those all star settings, super important. I mean, we used to have the opening finals every year where you would see the top wide receivers go up against the top defensive backs. You really don't get that. I mean, some of these all star games have been uh, a little watered down you know um, so it's it's not an exact science you're absolutely going to miss i think if you're anyone that evaluates talent and says you're not going to miss i mean you're absolutely lying and when you miss you want to figure out why you did right you study it and and look into it um so it's it's fluid and, and you know everyone's like, how's this kid not a four star well if he was a four star you'd be asking me how he's not a five star so <laughs> it's, it's got to stop somewhere um and we try to – we're trying to – we're just trying to do it the best we can. Right. You got any more questions for Andrew? I got a question, man. This is kind of, like, crazy.
3: But, you know, fans in our fan base tend to think that – well, in numerous fan bases that there's some type of bias towards, you know, when a kid gets an offer from Georgia, his, you know, his stars go up or whatever. What would you say about, you know, like, kids getting a bump or getting – uh, a bump down depending on where they're committed or who they're getting recruited by?
2: Well, I think it's – I mean, everyone thinks that. I mean, I don't think there's a rankings release day that goes by or anyone's happy, right? I mean, you could you could make some schools three of their kids five stars and then the one kid that moved down, right, they, they, they want to know about that guy. Um, I mean, it, the, the, the rankings process is a fluid process, right? A lot of these guys – you know, we've had exposure to for three years now. And I just, uh, you know, a couple minutes ago, was talking about the junior seasons. Well, how important are the senior seasons? I mean, those are are important, right? And I think a lot of people think we just sit around and we're looking at offer sheets and that's how we're dictating the rankings. And that's far from it. I mean, we have a team of 13 people, uh, which is a lot more than other networks located around the country, right? Providing feedback every single week, on guys, going out and seeing guys. I mean, I've I've probably been at 25 high school games in the past two months. I mean, that's probably a a safe number. Uh, You know, it might even be 30-plus, right? In Florida and Georgia, I've seen teams from coast to coast in person. And then on top of that, you're watching games all the time on on huddle, on uh, these services. So, you know, we try to operate – like a NFL scouting department would, like a college scouting department would. It's not just one person pulling the strings and moving a guy up because this guy went there. I mean, if it was up to me, right, I would love to have, you know, 50, 50 group of five signees in my top two, four, seven, and then I'd love for all of them to get drafted because that's yeah. where to get judged the most, right? It's the night of the NFL draft when they're going down the first round, and it's oh, This kid was a three star. You know, we want to hit it where it's a four star. We want to hit the first rounders being the five stars. And yeah, it looks like some schools, you know, their commits move up. Well, you know, there's a reason why Georgia has won back to back national titles. They tend to yeah. recruit the best of the best. Um, and, you know, there's no bias against Florida commits with no bias against any commits out there. I mean, I <laughs> I went to Florida Atlantic. Right. So I, I you know, doesn't you matter. An FAU? Yeah, I'm an I'm an FAU out. like. Oh, cool, hey, bro. Same here. All Ooh,
0: over. Right here. Yeah, yeah, and,
2: yeah.
0: Real quick, sorry to cut you off. I had to hear it from these two when this basketball team got to the final four. I kept picking against them, and it just kept backfiring. I had <laughs> to hear from them. I, I swear they never let me live it down. Every morning,
1: you should see the minute that the the, the uh the selections were made, and we had to play Memphis. It was like. I don't like that matchup at all. Then the game happens. It's like, well, okay, they, they made it through. And it gets yeah. through. I don't like this matchup here. Uh, they're playing hot. Make it through that. did not cool. go Elite Eight when we play Kansas State. Oh, they're playing really good right now. Jerome Tang hasn't played hard. Win that game too.
3: oh <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: I was I was at a – I I went to MSG for the Sweet 16 and uh I had a flight booked because i thought they were gonna lose so you gotta rebook that um yeah, so, yeah I'm, I'm all in on the on the beach boys you going to uh madison square garden for the game uh, i guess it's the the jimmy v classic this year i don't think i can make that work because uh december is when things kind of kind of ramp up but i yeah. i do have uh, i i do have season tickets for the hoops team so um I uh, know I'm gonna be at the Memphis game, and we'll see what else I can, uh, what else I can swing. It's, I don't know. It's like FAU's never really mattered on a national level, so it's pretty right. cool, to, you know, having gone there. Like I, I remember when it was a big deal when I was in school, and they played like Little Rock, Arkansas, on ESPNU, and now they're gonna have CBS broadcast that, uh, that Memphis game. So it's, uh, it's, it's just different.
1: They, 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 they jumped from like level one to level ten in two weeks. It's so yeah. crazy to think about. Like I remember my cousin actually played at FAU around 2012. He she was a starter center on those teams. So to see Holy how name. the program's grown, uh Justin Davis.
2: Oh yeah, okay.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's like to see how the how much the program's grown from the time he was there, the time me and Jerry were there and all the
3: way up to now it's, it's amazing. Well we went to school with uh Quez Johnson jocquez Johnson someone like one of my one of my good friends he almost upset Florida in the swamp as the quarterback, so that was a little bit weird.
0: I was trying to erase that game from my memory. And Yep, Jared, here you go, bringing it up again. And, and by Amen. the way, me and Mark are celebrating on here. We're sorry about that, but the Braves have come all the way back and taken the lead. So um, we might need to have you on the show more often. More often play <laughs> oh, yeah. because clearly have made
2: an impact. All right, you a good love charm, my charmer man. <laughs> yeah, anytime you guys need. I, I'd love to love to jump on. I hope I answered some of uh, some of you guys' questions. Sorry, I didn't have a, uh, a number two for Jeremiah Smith, but that's a question I frequently get. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yes.
0: like, you, get, you guys don't have anything else for him, dude.
1: Oh, I do have one. So <clears throat> With recruiting, you know you're going to hit some, you're going to miss some. What makes a position like are the offensive line, particularly at left tackles, so difficult for guys to evaluate?
2: Well, I mean, if you look at the corner protectors right now, I mean, I don't know have the Trent Williams profile, like, pulled up on me, but you go back to the 2023 NFL draft, a lot of those guys aren't even playing offensive line at, when they're in high school, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's a difficult pro- position to project because – you're looking for length, right? And a lot of maturing late bodies at that position, right? Like, you don't know someone's gonna be six, eight until like well later on. Um, you're looking for functional athleticism. Um, and some schools have really, you know, they have qualifiers for what they're looking for. Like, I know Texas Tech, they won't even offer an offensive lineman unless they can dunk a basketball. Now, I think that's Whoa, a. That's wow. But it, it, it's difficult because you're you know, everyone wants to say quarterback's the most difficult position in football. I'm not gonna push back on that. You know, what's number two? I think you make a big case for cornerback, right? Everyone loves to be like, Oh, this cornerback got beat. I mean, it's pretty insane for someone to beat a thousand percent. Go on YouTube, search your favorite cornerback there's gonna be video of him out there getting beat, like that's an extremely difficult position where you're trying to mirror what someone else is doing and you don't have no idea what they're gonna do. Uh, but then with offensive tackle, I mean, someone is coming at you consistently, right? And you have to establish your ground, get you to hold your ground. So I think it's a technical position. I think it takes a rare athlete to do it. Uh, and I think a lot of times those athletes don't emerge until they're much older, right? Until they're 18, 19, 20 years old. Um, and, and again, like I said, a, a good chunk of them playing other positions, playing other sports, And then they kind of settle in at that spot. You can be coached up, uh, but it's like drinking through a fire hose. um, And it's going to take some time. I mean, right now, I think you have Francis Mauno at Miami. Um, We've seen Caden Proctor at Alabama, Spencer Fano at Utah. uh, And there's some others, but those are like the blue chip tackles that started as true freshmen here in 2023. You dig into the PFFs or you just watch it on TV, like these guys are consistently beating, getting beat. Now, does that mean, hey, like they're overranked or anything? No, they have the traits. It's just going to take some time to mold them and figure it out. I mean, it's it's not an easy position. So I don't know if that really answered your question. I mean, it's a lot of different things. I think the ability – you know, someone told me this, and I've been marinating on it for a while – how quickly can you recover, right? You're going to misstep. You're going to miss with your hands. How back? How quick can you get back into that position um, is something that that we're kind of looking for, you know, something I personally look for. How how quick can you recover, get back to where you need to be, um, and make up for your mistakes? I think that's what makes an offensive tackle an elite, and I think a lot of guys, you know, don't necessarily have that. Wow.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree 100% with everything yeah. there, and I'm it's been great having you on the show um and we definitely appreciate you for coming on and joining us and chopping it up with with us about recruiting and giving an update so let everybody know where they can follow you and you know read, read everything
2: uh yeah i mean 24 7 sports um kind of head up our uh our scouting and in, in our rankings you can find me andrew underscore ivan's i also do a podcast, I'm on our YouTube channels, uh, signing day shows and all that stuff. So I appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, you know, excited to, excited for recruiting season because it's going to ramp back up, like I said on the beginning.
0: Yeah, definitely, man. We appreciate you for joining us. And, uh, yeah, um, we'll definitely get you back on uh, pretty soon. So, yeah, we appreciate it.
2: All right, boys. I'll talk to you guys later. Okay? All right. Appreciate all right, you. Man.
0: Appreciate you. That was Andrew Ivans from Two Four Seven Sports. Uh, man, great conversation there. You know, yeah, you you.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, man, great conversation. Learned a lot about how things go and the nuts and bolts of the recruiting world and recruiting sites and what people look for. So it was it was great having them all, man.
3: Yeah, yeah. Man, a lot of the stuff you don't really realize, bro. Like he definitely made me kind of like get a different perspective of how they rate kids and then you know how we always well a lot of people on Twitter always say oh. There's bias with this kid, this kid's kid. It makes sense, you know, what are you yeah. saying? It
0: does. It, it does. And You find out just truly how hard it is to evaluate these kids. You can have a guy that's, you know, a high four-star and then a guy that's maybe a mid- to low three-star. That three-star has a big season. He goes, yeah. goes in camp. and camps. That, and that's another thing. Some of these guys are three-stars because they don't camp. And all, all of a sudden, they get the college in and it's like, wait, who was this guy? And like, this guy was one of the lowest ranked recruits we had, but he was as a freshman making plays.
1: You see him go well up against the guys that you recruited higher in practice, and you see them holding yeah. his own or just beating them. It's like, wait, I ain't never That's seen right. you at this camp. You wouldn't, you didn't go to the opening, right? You didn't go to this, this satellite camp over here. Where'd you come from? They and come then right. all you gotta do is pop the tape open. And it's like, okay, maybe I, I did miss something here. Maybe we were on to something okay, I see the feet on the field. It's translates to the field. We have him here. I see the functional play strength. I see the intelligence. I see the ability, the ability to pick up what we're asking to do. And he fits well into our system with some of the traces he, had, he may have. I was like, okay, I guess we're on to something.
0: Yeah, exactly. Some of these three-star guys, you will literally see them get invites to these All-American games. Like, you'll, you'll see. Like, there was one, i I'll never forget. It was a couple years ago. He was a running back. He was a three-star running back that was that ended up committing to Arizona, and he goes to the All-American Bowl in San Antonio, and he was the MVP of the game. He was clearing the best player on the field and had a lot of speed. and He's a playmaker for Arizona right now. Wow! Yeah, you, you, you see guys like that. That's crazy, bro. Oh yeah, that
1: was what we saw in the All-American game, correct? You said what? We saw an All-American game in the Army All-American game, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, he he was the best player on the field, but he was ranked as a three star. But you you get guys like that, so I look at these rankings and I don't even look at the rankings. And on top of that, he started getting laid offers from like USC, UCLA, Oregon schools like that. And get stuck in Arizona at the time. So I,
3: I think I think you can argue the case. The kids that are three stars say like going into their senior season that. Are like trending upwards. When they start rising, bro, like in October, you know, like they're the truth. They start rising in the middle of that senior season. They're the truth,
0: All right? I'm here, buddy. I'm here, I'm here. I'm. I'm still here. I did not hit the bar. I'm here. I'm no, good. Mark.
3: Hey, look. AB took that loss like a man, bro.
0: Hey, man. Look, we, we got a bus kick. Isn't that so- we got a bus kick. We didn't play yeah, well. It didn't it much to say
1: about uh, other than you got you got beat, yeah. you yeah, executed everything. Just was bad. It is what it is. That's
3: but you hear, what you hear, like a G A B. That's why we love like, you. No, yeah. bro, you, no, you, bro, you, you took that. You took like a champ, bro. So they, so they, team, you,
1: every
0: phase of the game. I mean, it's, you know, that's
3: more than I can say about
1: Buffalo Bills fans. But you know, yeah, they. Anyway.
0: Oh yeah, they were pissed. <laughs> but um, yeah, we're, we're gonna transition into for the football. Oh, recap. I do have
1: one more little recruiting tidbit just from my experiences and just looking at these kids. So sometimes you see, not like at Marnet, but like just in my playing days when I was in high school. So, like you know, sometimes you'll see a kid that you see, okay, he's rated five stars, he's in the super 11 in your local paper, he's all across the country of these camps, dominating at the opening and whatnot. Got letters on the table from everybody and their grandma. Everyone wants him. You see him on the field, and it's like Yep, that's what it looks like, right? Yeah, I was on that special when I saw Derrick Henry for the first time. That, that kid was exactly what it looked like as a 16 17 year old, and he was a monster. And he's still yeah. was in and and then you see kids. yeah. That, that era of Jacksonville, like was area sports, is legendary. Then you see kids. So I played against Trinity Christian Academy, that, that's like one of the top powerhouses in the city. Yeah, had five stars, like four or five stars everywhere at the time. I was playing, see, so yeah, like, I guys like Sean Wade. Kevin
0: Tolliver, Marcus, like, hold on. But just because I know you're in Jacksonville. Sorry to cut you off. Yeah. Just the perspective. This is a one A school, right? This is a one A school. Mm-hmm. Think for one second, they can't go up against eight A and seven A schools and beat them.
1: And they've they done it. Like they've been everywhere. One A, two A, three A. They beat, is- played and beaten five and six A schools in Tallahassee. Kind of, played Tallahassee Lincoln for several years and beat them all the time. Like they've right. played some. Good schools. They play IMG on ESPN two years in a row. Yep. It, it, it's this is so a lot.
0: This is a, speaking of IMG, Um, y'all pray for Pine Forest High School in for it. That's all I'm saying.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but now, like, this back to what I said. So you see guys like Kevin Tolliver, Sean Wade, Tyreek Johnson, you know, just that in the third. And then you see got yeah, a three star linebacker like Eric Gilliard, who's mm-hmm. all over the field and going to UCF. He's very, very good. He's just as good as the four or five stars. It's all it's all across that roster. And then you got Treyon Webb several years later coming down, high player. And then, you know, you never know with some of these kids. You just don't. Yeah. But you see him up close and personal. It's like, okay, I see why he's on people's radar. I see why these, these schools want him. I see why these, this one school that was on him earlier, I see what they saw in him.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right. Right. Yeah. Might get a diamond in a rough, so you just gotta you just gotta keep keep going after these guys.
3: That's facts, exactly.
0: We're gonna trans transition into the Florida football. Recap this Florida Vanderbilt game. We got the win, thirty eight to fourteen. I know fans were concerned in the very beginning when it was a tie game. So let's kind of break this down. Then we're also gonna preview the game against South Carolina this weekend. The, the game the game before um the bye week kicks in. So. Do you see how many times
1: game's gonna be played?
0: The South Carolina game? Yeah. It'll be 3 30 on the SEC network. Alright, cool. So, yeah.
3: Um better than seven
0: o'clock, I'll tell you. Better than noon and seven o'clock. Yeah, no yeah. lies. No more it's
3: noon, bad. no more noon road games. Cool. Oh, like <laughs> 330
1: I mean, is such so- a sweet spot for college football for me. Especially in the SEC ball, especially watch the girl on my CBS.
3: But three thirty, you- that's the game.
0: Yeah, you get enough sleep. And you're going to be more ready to play instead of getting up at the crack of dawn trying to get Wait. ready to
3: play. Wait, that game's going to be on CBS, Sacramento, Florida? It's
0: Uh C- Network. I think, C- I think the CBS game is Texas A&M at Tennessee. Oh, okay, okay. So, fine, I'll take it.
3: Whatever.
0: It'll be on the SEC Network, but let's recap this Florida Vanderbilt game. So, another efficient game from Graham Burst and um, got hurt late in the game, but I think he's going to be fine because um, he came back in the game, but yeah, Jay Money just said it's it on the SEC network. Okay. So, yeah. looking at this game, we were missing several guys. Trevor Etienne was out. Austin Barber was out. Um, Kingsley Walking was out. And so we're missing a lot of we're missing a lot of guys. But they played really well. The offensive line, well, maybe not in pass protection, they could have been a little bit better. But run blocking, they were really, really good. So, what did you guys kind of see from this game that really impressed you the most?
1: It's pretty whole hum. Like you know, the offense is the offense. It's not going to be the most pretty thing in the world, even when it's going good. Yes, sir. Can they do? Okay, Rob. Guys, back on track. But nah, the Jason Marshall that was a little disappointing. That one touchdown. Yeah, he, it was a it was a penalty they missed. He got hit in the face, but you got you can't quit on that play. Oh, right, what we got? What we got? What we got? Woo! Great play,
3: Mike.
0: Oh, ball game. Let's go.
3: Yo, AV, bro. That man is going crazy.
0: Let's go. Sorry, y'all. Sorry. The they Braves won, they
3: won the Braves.
0: Come back and ended this game in great fashion. First of all, it was a great catch in center, deep in center field, the warning track by Michael Harris. The second, the throw kind of got away a tad bit, but the shortstop Orlando Garcia was right there to pick it up, and they doubled off Bryce Harper to end the game. So now we got a tie series one to one. Let's keep the momentum going. Let's Great, game. On,
1: man. hopefully the best wake up, man. Take it back to Philly. But now, like um, I was saying, so ho hum. Trout Webb has some very nice plays. The freshman general had very nice plays. Um, merch was was fine. He was pretty efficient. Montreal had a very nice game on the ground. Also, my biggest takeaway was Cam Waits. Welcome back, my man.
0: Oh man. I and mean, came back from a, a torn Achilles in less than 10 months and went out and to go out there and play the way he played along that offensive line, it was it was amazing to see that. I, and mm-hmm. you know what? I think um, part of me thinks he possibly could have played his way into a start spot. Now you want to um, get more reps, but looking at him, the way he played out there, he looked really good out there. He Run looked block,
1: strong. Pass, he looked mobile. He looked, yeah. he looked
3: very good.
0: And he's every bit of six eight and three seventy five. Every yeah, day,
3: that. that's a big dude, bro.
0: He's a big dude.
3: And- see that seventy five? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you see
1: it, man. I'm like, fun fact. I was watching the game with my dad, right? He was on the couch and everything. And uh, he's looking at him. He's like, "Yo, hey, hey, who that?" I was like, oh, that, "Oh, that's Cam White. That's Big Cam." He's like, "He's back?"
3: No way. It's crazy, bro. It's crazy. I, I will say, you can definitely see, like, you know, how much of an impact it it, it made, you know, for him to come back and. Yeah, they're looking healthy, dude. I mean, there were holes open uh, all game, it felt like. Um, Treyon had a heck of a game. Montreux had a heck of a game. Uh, I think it cannot be understated how much Trey Wilson means to this team offensively. Oh, that sorry. kid, he allows Napier to do so much more. You know, it's not like it's going to be as complicated, just these great routes, but just him being out there allows Napier to – Drop more things for Ricky Pearsall, for him to drop more things for even a guy like Arles Bordenham who we knew was talented. But sure, oh, okay.
1: a 99 yard game, man, that was great. Dude, dude. welcome to
0: career the SEC. seven catches, 99 yards, two touchdowns, a oh,
1: hundred yards. It's a hundred yards. I don't care. So we, don't got, care. we got it up right here.
0: <laughs> also earning co-freshman of the SEC freshman of the week on Yeah, so shout out to Arles Bordenham He's starting to really put it all together, mm-hmm. and. We're seeing, we're seeing, hey, we're seeing why he was one of the most highly recruited tight ends in the country.
3: That's a red zone nightmare.
0: I love what I saw. Yes, Montreal was in his bag. He got a lot of flack. We understand what Trevor is. Let's be honest. Trevor is the, I would say, the the back. Mm-hmm. You, see, Johnson, the game he had on Saturday just proved to everybody this is why you need him out there. This is why you need him out there because, yeah, he may not be as fast, he may not be as shifty as Trevor, but he runs with a purpose. He runs with power. He's hard yeah. to down. He's the guy that you need out there to wear down the defense. And then when you bring Trevor in or vice versa, you bring Trevor Damn. in, You he 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 can take the top off. He's got the speed to break away from everybody.
3: Look, so, bro, ain't, it ain't you, no problem having James Davis and C.J. Spiller out there. <laughs> no, not, not at
1: all. Oh, that's going to be so hard to project, man. I don't don't even know.
0: Yeah, uh, Jerry. uh, Yeah. Oh,
1: my God, bro. You don't have to. That's the rules, bro.
0: George Leonard, Mazooka, Waits. What you about to say about Barber? See more from Waits, (laughs) but it's a good start. It's a good start because... Like, like we said, coming off of, of an Achilles injury, an Achilles tear in less than 10 months. First of all, shout out to the medical team at Florida for yes. for the job they did in repairing this. Yeah, a,
1: yeah a, so much so that, matter of fact, spoiler alert, they're my Swampers of the Week, just for that alone. Th-
0: th- yeah. Swampers exactly. of the Week. Like, yeah, everybody else, how they play. <laughs> they're the Swampers of the Week for getting the – and you know what? Also, the strength and conditioning staff for the work they put in to get them back healthy as well.
3: Yeah, let's just keep all these guys healthy, man. If we can keep them healthy, that will be fantastic. That'll be major. Yeah, man, because I mean we just had so we just we, we've had so much bad luck, it seems like, with these guys and getting injured, you know. So
1: especially I mean line, you can't have that because there's no continuity because Kingsley has been in and out of the lineup. Excuse me. The we can't yeah. see a lot more Jake Slard than I would like to. Yeah. Hopefully, guys can get back healthy. And welcome back, Cam, man. That, that's remarkable 10-months from the Achilles.
3: I will say a negative of the game. Not even a negative, just something to note. At times, we are going into the rougher parts of our schedule, right? Like, this is what we know is supposed to be just a gauntlet. We're going to have to – I think Graham Mercer is going to have to learn to trust himself a little bit more taking shots down the field. Yeah. I don't think he's confident taking those shots. It's like,
1: it's like you're not as that conducive to getting us open with the way we run our pass game. Plus, I don't know if Graham is all that confident in doing it regardless. So that's kind of like a double whammy kind of working against his offense at the moment. Plus, hopefully with, with Trey healthy now, I do want to see them try to get him open down the field a little bit more and not just yes. him on sweeps and stuff like that or just give him stuff at the sticks. I want to try to see what he can do right down the field and stretch again.
0: Yeah, Trey on like we mentioned, he looked really, really good out there. I
1: like I liked what I saw from him.
0: Yeah, he knowing he had to step in with E T N being out, he, he looked he, hey, did a great job in stepping up, accepting that role and saying, Hey, I got I gotta be one of the guys to help out. So I love what I saw and now defensively, let's go ahead and get into it with Jason Marshall. That play we don't condone giving up on the play because like you still gotta make the play. but when they showed the replay, we saw why he was pissed off. I mean, Will Shepard clearly yanked his face mask in front of the referee, by the way. In front of him.
1: Yeah, blatant blatant. Don't get me wrong.
0: I don't blame him, but you still got to make the play. You, you can't give up. You can't yeah, it's, give up. it's like
1: very much like make the play now and complain later.
0: Yeah, you, you, you can't do that. So we, we don't like that we saw that, but... You know, we, again, we saw why he was upset. We we oh, did.
1: from my baseball people, the Diamondbacks are 3-0 in the first inning already.
0: Yeah, they are taking and they took it to the Dodgers a couple of nights ago. And they're doing it again. They're doing it again. Look, Marcus just said it. Playing a divisional opponent in the postseason sucks.
1: Especially when all of your pitchers are, are hurt, it's tough stuff. Right.
0: Clayton, your best pitcher, Clayton Karshaw, got taken to the woodshed.
1: Like Arthur who probably is actually the really most top pitcher at the moment. He's still from Tommy John. Dusty May, a big guy who has a lot of gas. He got Tommy John. Julio Arias can't stop beating his wife. He might not play baseball again. And Kershaw's banged up, and he's older, and he's a little longer in the tooth. And it's playoff Kershaw, so it's kind of dicey as it is.
3: I want to show you all something if y'all can see my screen here. Yeah, what you got? So, do y'all see this play here? I took a recording of it. I want y'all to kind of see what I see. So, let me see. I'm gonna rewind it back here.
0: I think that's the that's the pass to Arliss Bordenham, isn't
3: it? Yes. Did the people see Khalil Jackson on TV? Okay. Okay. I'm I'm just I'm just making sure because like he was open. I saw that. I was like, oh my god, because I didn't realize that he he stared down RS for a while, but Khalil was if he looked him
0: off a little bit and just that was gonna be open, bro. Like, I was like, oh shoot. I think part of what it is, this offensive line pass protection has been a little dicey this year.
3: He trying so, to get it out quick.
0: Yeah, he, he's trying to get the ball up quick. So I think that part of that is um is what's going on, but I I do agree he doesn't see the field more if he gets time. I think if he has time in the pocket,
3: I think so too.
0: Sees that he he's gonna see that. Oh, I yeah, I got I got Cleo Jackson open, or I got you know Eugene Wilson open. I got Pierce all. Day. He's gonna hit that pass yeah. because if you've yeah. noticed the last couple of weeks, even though one of them was a lost Kentucky, Florida's actually starting to take more shots down the field. So yeah. I think he's starting to see that a little bit more. But now he's just gotta work on hitting them because you know one he had one. Uh-huh. Yeah, Ricky Pierce got open, and it would have been a touchdown. He just overthrew him a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And by that the was. way, speaking of Khalil Jackson, the the um double pass with him throwing the ball. That was. Th- yeah, let's keep let's keep that in the playbook. Let's let's um. <laughs> <throw that. laughs> I was so
3: sick, bro. Like, are we serious? And was I was
0: they threw it in the corner, in the corner to Montreal Johnson with a corner right there and a safety drifting <laughs> over. And it was an easy pick. Which set up the set the Will Shepard touchdown, right, which yeah. never been a touchdown. But hey, I digress. But um, that's what set that play up. Yeah. Oh, so, I mean, you you have a chance to go up fourteen nothing right there. It's a four. That's the
3: thing, bro. You have to make sure, like, if you're Napier, you gotta take advantage of being up. Like, you have to go up two scores if you're up one score. Like, take advantage of it. Don't get cute.
0: He does, he does have to um, get better yes, at him. He does that
1: do a little too much for my liking.
0: Too much. Yeah. One, one other thing we saw, G Wilson coming back, he, he's a weapon. Even as a decoy, he affects the game just that much. Mm-hmm. You don't know when when he's going to get the ball. We're going to do that very soon. We're definitely going to do that tomorrow. We're, we're, we're just trying to watch us on – everybody that's watching us on here, tune in to Indisputable Evidence tomorrow night as well. Because we that's when we're going to really get into our
3: Darnell's hey, Gar- a Miami fan, bro. So, well, actually,
1: I will say I am unavailable tomorrow, but I will be back on the, the very few times on Wednesdays that I'm actually available. I will be
3: okay.
0: Wait, you're actually available this upcoming Wednesday,
3: Mm-hmm.
0: okay? So, we're going to move the indisputable evidence on Wednesday to Wednesday, yeah?
3: Yeah,
0: but we got to see if Darnell's available. He probably won't be available anyway, but you know, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: knowing him,
0: figure out if he. Even um, if he's wo- if, if he's out of hibernation, because after that game, I'm pretty sure he went into hibernation. Hey, bro, why
1: would you? Sure. Why, why would you do that? Like, bro, can we get into it when I the got, show, like I said, show bro?
3: You, um, ever, you, ever, you ever been playing in Madden, right? Like you, you were about to lose, bro. But like your opponent tried to get slick at the end of the game when it was like a close game, and they actually screw up, and then you win the game. That's like they try to
1: like throw the ball and try to like get an extra touchdown or just get do a <laughs> down to screw with you, and you're getting pick six and lose the game.
3: Yeah, bro, that's I pain.
0: had a I had a scoop and score on a friend that happened to it, it was score with like no time.
3: Left. <laughs> oh, I, I
1: did that one. Oh, it's not. It wasn't completely that scenario, but he was about to go on for a touchdown with like I want to say ten seconds to go. It was a tie game, too, mind oh, you, yeah. and he was at the. My five yard line. I am squaring him up with a hit stick. He fumbled the ball, and the ball went all the way back there. And I just ran back for a touchdown.
0: <laughs> well, I play, and I'm gonna show my age a little bit. I haven't played against anybody in Madden since I was 17 years old in Damn. <laughs> them, They Had the PlayStation on there. Dang, bro! I played against somebody. This is what happened. I got down early, twenty-eight to seven in this game. Yeah. I never forget. He's using the Titans. I'm using my Cowboys. I found a play defensively that started working. Uh huh. Started working. So I started forcing turnovers. I ended up coming all all the way back. I kept forcing turnovers. I scored, kept scoring. Ended up going up forty-one to twenty-eight. Wow. Let me tell you yeah. what happened. It, and this was in the third quarter of that game. Got quit. Pain. Got quit. Pain. <laughs> quit. That was the last time I played against somebody in Madden. I yeah, had you
3: coward. Wimp. Coward the activity. Hey,
0: hey, hey. I, I had to stop messing around. Like, all right, let me find something. This ain't working. Let me find no, That's hilarious. Play, start working. I'm like, all right. <laughs> this is what we going to do. <laughs>
3: Yeah,
0: man. This is how it's going to go now. I had to get it back. Yeah. (laughs) Listen. uh, listen. (laughs) Oh, I remember that. I remember that. Damn. (laughs) Yeah, another thing we saw in this game, y'all, the youth movement is real. Bryce Thornton got his first career start at safety. With he
1: did, he did. Two true freshmen back there in the back end, man.
0: That's that's something. They played really well out there. The yeah. youth movement is real, people. And
3: Trayon run like bro. Trayon run like a like he hungry dog. Like he that man. That's a grown man, bro. That's a grown man.
0: step These freshmen that are playing are all grown men. You see, TJ. Are we are we
3: Louis Norman?
1: Kelby Collins.
0: See, Will, Ooh. he's played sparingly, but not a whole lot. That's, yeah, that's the, what I'm
3: trying to figure out for red shirting him.
0: He may end up getting a red shirt depending on how many games he's played, but yeah, I wouldn't hate it. I, I wouldn't hate it. I mean, he, he's definitely going to play a lot next year, though. You can, yeah, he's him. You can book that one. Yeah. But seeing guys like Kelby Collins, TJ Searcy, Jordan Castell, Bryce Thornton, Jakeem Jackson, offense with Eugene Wilson III. Um, Nigel Harris along the offensive line, yeah. Freyon Webb at running back. Um, these are Andy jeans getting more more playing yeah. time now. These guys are not normal freshmen. I've been saying all year these are not normal. Okay. Freshmen. Nice young teams. So yeah, they're gonna take their lumps, but they're making a lot of plays. And you never know, they might win us a game that, or two that we may not have any business winning. But looking at these guys, I'm thinking about next year. That yeah, team is strong, But, again, I know the schedule is going to be a little bit, um, a little bit tough. A mm-hmm. lot tough. Yeah, the schedule going to be tough. But if they keep playing the way they're playing and they take it up to another level next year, there's no telling, honestly, how good they could be. I know. Like I'm thinking about I, I agree, bro. I'm like, wait a minute. Um, These guys are a little bit ahead of where they're supposed to be. I I don't now
1: because they're getting
3: on the field actually contributing. Yeah, I can but say for sure
0: on the field contributing and they're not making too many mistakes.
3: I can say for sure going into next year, look at the schedule and everything. There's no I'll just get into J Money. There is no reason why this defense can't be the first or second best defense in every like in literally throughout the whole entire season. Like team by team on a team by team basis, the only defense that should be better than us is probably Georgia. That
0: add, that is yeah. Go ahead, Avi. Go go ahead. Go Avey, ahead Avey. We we love a- Aiden Mizell, and we think he's gonna be a really good player. I think it's two things. One, with what we're seeing Eugene Wilson now, um, and now Andy Jean do out there. Also with Ricky Pearsall and what he's done, it's kind of hard for Aiden to get on the field. But there's another reason why. Gotta put on a little bit more weight too. Cause he yeah. he's he's, he, he's really good and they love him. They absolutely love him. Yeah. He's just kind of he's kind of slender. He's got to get in the weight room a little bit more. Because when he got on campus, he was what 6'1, 160 pounds. 160. Like you're not playing in the SEC at 160 pounds.
1: Yeah, you already have Trey out there who's not the biggest either. He's also short, but yeah. he's a blazer and he's a
3: playmaker. Yeah, he takes games. hits well, bro. Like that man, he takes hits well.
0: He does. He, he does. Yeah. See, that's the thing. And, J Money, this is 100% – you're 100% right. The more they play, the more experience they'll be. That's the thing. That's what, and that's what I'm looking at. They're going to have that experience, and I think they're going to be – they're going to be ready for the, for next year whenever they get out there. But – and here's another Is Marshall
3: – No, he'll be back. He'll probably
1: be back. You sure about that? I mean, the – Honestly, if I were him, I probably
0: wouldn't. You You, you sure they won't just sell him the end of the draft? I
1: wouldn't be surprised.
0: I mean, because you got to think about these young guys coming up, like these guys like Jakeem Jackson. You already got Devin Moore there, Jalen Kimber. Jalen Kimber's been our most um, consistent corner. Let's be honest, he's been the most consistent.
3: I would say Jaden Hill can go to the draft and get drafted.
0: Jay put our best defensive back, if you ask me. he
1: has. And he's had to flip from like playing outside to star, and that's hard. And that's one of the hard positions to play on his defense, and he's excelled at it.
0: The difference, Jay Money, um, the difference he he was, at, yeah, he he weighed 50, he weighed more, he was like 175 when he got the bam, not a, not 160. That's the yeah. thing. On top of that, he didn't really start playing until about maybe week five of his freshman year, that's when he really started playing more. Yeah. So that's that's the thing. Even they had to tell him, hey, you gotta get your weight up a little bit. So I mean he's not gonna add any more weight, but he's still a good player. I I don't want to compare Aiden to, um Devontae Smith because Devontae Smith also won Heisman.
3: a Heisman. Generational talent.
0: Well even clearly was a generational talent. But he fits that bill if if you know what I'm trying to say. It-
3: And plus, bro, like, if you look at how Napier runs his offense and everything, our receivers got to be a little bit, you know, physical, if we're being honest. Like, if we ran, like, a spread offense, I don't see any reason why Aiden couldn't get out there. But, you know. Yeah, because Jakeem – bro, what Jakeem did – let's give Jakeem love. Jakeem gave up a big play. And he literally made up for it, like, quickly.
0: Twice, actually. On third fourth and goal. Yes. Third and fourth and goal. And, and that's the definition of being a resilient player. Yep. Forget about what you did. Yeah, I gave up the big play. He forgot about it. Immediately erased it. And to go out there and make the plays that he made on third and fourth and goal, and to keep them out of the end zone, that's big time. I mean, this is guys – a freshman? Was, yeah. Playing high school ball last year. And to come in as a freshman and do that, that tells you a lot about his demeanor. His, and what what he can be on the football field as a player, what kind of player he is now and what he can potentially be. I think, honestly, give it a year or two, he'll be our best corner. He's already he'll, got
1: the short-term memory needed to play his position as it is. Like I said, give a big little game there, but he bounced back well, and he has crucial plays at the goal line. So that I'm already really encouraged by. I also like his size, I like his technique. Just give him another year under Coach Raymond. He'll be all right. And as a Marshall, I wouldn't be surprised if on his own accord he just up and left because you don't want his draft stock dropping more than it already is with an extra year of tape. So he'll probably just cut his losses and just go to the draft.
3: He's got an opportunity, though. He can play well in these last. You got LSU coming up. You got, you know, South Carolina got a big time guy. Uh, You know, Georgia,
0: Florida State. If he can hold his own against Florida State. And for the most part, he had last year. He did. He held his own against them receivers. He did.
1: Now you have Keon in the mix, so it's going to be tough.
0: Yeah, yeah,
3: bro, that's going to be – But I I trust Kimber, though. I trust Kimber in in those
0: matchups. I do, too. Yeah, Yeah, and I think that's another thing with myself. But I I think what it is, he'll play, but – It'll be um it's just hard to crack that lineup right now. I mean, with Caleb Douglas being out four to six weeks, even still not getting hard to get out there is I mean to look at the room right now. Like you got some talented players.
3: In in due time, man, because like if y'all remember, like we had Freddie Swain, Josh Hammond, I think and Tyree Cleveland all came in. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't all get playing time their freshman year like that much. But Freddie Swain came along, man, he ended up being a monster, you know. So, it just takes time for some guys. I think it's going to be all right. It's going to be all good. All
0: right. I'm kind of putting the bow on the Vanderbilt game. I'll, I'll just say, I mean, offensively it could have been a little bit better. But you're kind of, you kind of starting to see, you know, not just what they want to do, but you're starting to see a few things being added. No, no, they're they're trying to do they're trying to experiment with more things. So hopefully, um, open the playbook up a little bit more. Still think we need an offense coordinator, but we
1: do. don't get it twisted. We do. Um,
0: but you're starting yeah. to see more things get added to the playbook. So hopefully, um, we can kind of continue and defensively. One defense was a lot better. They didn't get bullied. So that, that's know, what the hell to-
1: happens in Lexington, man. They got bitched.
3: It's, it's just Kentucky has just been punishing us the last three years. in, in just, That's just simple as that.
0: All right, so now we're going to transition over to preview in this South Carolina game. And, by the way, I'm going to add this. Um, you know, if you watched Bill Napier's press conference earlier today, um, he pretty much said that they're going to arrive to Columbia earlier than usual. So that's something that I actually like that they're doing to kind of, I guess – Trying to defeat the road wolves that they've had recently. So,
1: whatever helps them with the road game, I'll take it. I don't care if they go to 10 bucks. To help. I'm, all,
0: I'm all for it. I'm all for it.
3: Eat, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich instead of Chick fil A, whatever works, bro. I don't care. Just win the game. Put
0: the raisin
1: canes down or something. I don't yeah. know. Just win on the road, please. Yeah, bro.
0: Yeah. But, and yes, you marked his burp and Fraser. They, they didn't. They didn't really hardly play a whole lot. I mean, Marcus Burke got in later, but I
3: I don't I don't like the the lack of Marcus Burke and Frazier's. Like I, I truly don't like it. But coaches see more than I do. I think Frazier's can be used in the red zone. Last year he started coming along. Marcus Burke looked good in game one. I mean, he also has talent. He can catch. And the ball.
1: Size right? and speed alone could help them on the boundaries a little bit.
0: He's got to stay healthy too. Yeah, but- first game back.
1: Yeah, that's the other part. But then again, Mark Caleb Douglas is down for a while, so somebody's yeah. got to step up in that lineup. You yeah, know?
3: that's tough. I could, yeah, I forgot about
0: that. Yeah, I think he's got to play. I honestly think he does have to play more. And against South Carolina, like I said, they're they're getting there earlier than what they normally do, and they're gonna get to the stadium earlier than what they normally do with for a normal game day. So I, I like I like all of these moves, and hopefully it helps them because it's gonna be a tough game in a tough environment. You know we beat them pretty good last year, and um, you know they're going to be coming out looking to try and make a statement. So we have to match their energy. So what's the one thing you guys are going, you guys want to see, and especially early in this game, you know, fr- from quarter,
1: them not wilting on the road. That's really simple as that.
0: because the record
1: on the road on the Billy Napier, it speaks for itself. We all know it. Yeah. Everyone else certainly knows it.
0: One and seven,
1: one and seven, one win, seven losses, and them losses, they did not play their best football in any stretch of the imagination. So that road, that road crowd in Columbia, it's gonna, be, it's gonna be crazy. Everybody knows that by now how they get down to South Carolina, especially for a big thirty kickoff.
0: And I've always said, me personally, if there's one road environment I would go to that's really underrated, that I would go to, yeah. It's
3: there Williams Bryce that, sand,
0: that Sandstorm is like, I, like that, to experience that would be crazy.
1: Yeah, like South Carolina, they're they're like not like a juggernaut or anything like that. Don't get it twisted, but they're a fun team. They can and they can beat you, and they can will can be with you. They home with Georgia for like three and a half quarters when they played the this season. Like they they have pieces like Spencer Rattler and Shane Beaver's gonna come up with some crazy stuff, especially on special teams. So you really gotta look out for that. You gotta be on your P's and Q's. Count the correct amount of people on special teams, please. People wear the correct jerseys, all that.
0: That's another thing. Did y'all notice that special teams actually play really well?
3: They did look better. I didn't notice them, so yes. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, correct. I, I was happy about that, bro.
0: That's because, and I'll say that here where nobody else.
3: <laughs> Uh-oh, A B. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is so nasty. I think I think the air conditioner was turned off.
1: Yeah, I think they said I think they said the meeting rooms and the facilities was like sixty five degrees.
3: Yeah, yeah, they turned the AC off. They changed, our specialty.
1: Yeah, that was that was a change, man, right? You know, you get them yeah.
3: but look, man, like going in early because y'all were asking what I want. Look, I think the most important thing for us to do in this game is to score first. That is the I think that is the most important thing.
0: Okay, I like this. I like to call you up, though. No. Okay.
3: how if if we if we pressure Spencer out, we have to pressure him. Simple,
0: I, pressure I, I, him. This is this is. I think this is the Austin Armstrong game where I, I want to see him send pressure. To, to man, more.
1: y'all missing one thing. We really got to do, man. Y'all, y'all. I'm surprised y'all missed. I'm disappointed. Y'all know what we gotta do? You have to start early. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, but in all seriousness though, if the offensive line is blocking well on the ground, this is where this offense clicks. Right if, right? if the holes are if the holes are good, if Bonchos be able to run through, if Trevor Etienne is able to make a play if he's healthy for this game.
0: Yo, that's crazy. That's crazy. Pause. That's crazy.
1: Oh, calm down. You know what I'm talking about. Oh, bro. I'm crazy. Um, this is a 30-year-old man, by the way, y'all. 30 year old.
0: Hey, if Cameron and Mace can do that, so can I. Well,
1: Cameron and Mace went platinum. You didn't.
0: Sure I didn't?
1: Yes, I'm very sure you did.
0: Shout out to them and their podcast. It is what it is. I, I love watching them. Because they, they, they know what they talk with, with yeah. they're talking about with everything they're talking about. I love watching them, guys. And the chemistry is great with them. But um, this is a question from Jake Lane. I answered that. I like it. What about y'all? Uh, I don't like
3: it. I like it if we win. I will hate it if we lose. Whatever we
1: got to do to get a win on the road, like I said, go ahead and do it. Yeah. Getting there and being able to acclimate into the environment, all that stuff, that stuff's important, especially if you're a young team where do your vibes and be able to get up for a game or going as the wind goes for a certain day in a certain time. Things just kind of happen, especially like they're 18 years old, 18, 19 years old. You don't know how they're going to react. You don't know what they're feeling on that day. You don't know how they're gonna be get them locked in early as possible and hopefully things start turning around and they don't go out there and just wilt at the first first down of the game.
0: Yeah. And speaking of gators, why I'm currently watching a little preseason NBA action. Former Gator Trey Man in the Oklahoma City Thunder are currently playing the San Antonio Spurs. And right now in the third quarter, the Thunder are up 94 to 91. Yeah, right. right. I'm a, um yeah, impressed early. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Mm-hmm. yeah, hey, them guys. That's all I'm gonna say. Dude, dude looks NBA ready. Who was that? Victor Wimbi Young. Oh, he oh, looked good. good. Yeah, you I got, have, I got to see. but um, here's another. We were a better team last year, man. Defense. I agree, but this is still gonna be a tough environment,
3: Kenny. Yeah, I, this is gonna be a tough environment. We we need to, of course, have a better record. I mean, even if it's just seven and five, but. Yeah, that's a good point, yeah.
0: Any word on Devin? I think he'll be back for this game. Devin Moore? I, yeah, because he cause if you notice, he didn't play um, either on Saturday. What's going on with him now? I think it was just something minor. I think he'll be back this week, though.
3: Okay.
0: Probably nursing a minor injury. But, you know, don't need everybody out there, especially, man, with – who South Carolina has that wide receiver? Well, well, they they will they will be missing one of their best guys though. Um, man, what is his name? What is his name? I think he wears number three for South Carolina.
3: He's a running back.
0: He's a receiver. Oh, so, so they're gonna be missing him, but they still—he's not even their best receiver. Their best receiver is Leggett.
3: He's so, gonna be a first rounder, right? First, second rounder.
0: He keeps playing the way he's playing. He can, he can find himself in there. Bro, Dude,
3: the wide receivers that we have to face coming up, even Missouri, uh Luther Burden. Oh my. But anyway,
0: Luther is the best wide receiver in the SEC.
3: That Missouri the offense. Oh my god. Yo, bro, like
0: sheesh. I mean, that offense is
3: that's Boy. worth the conversation. That's worth the conversation, bro. The SEC is a little wide receivers. You got but anyways, uh, You want to
1: play the next week after you play LSU. Jesus. <laughs>
3: oh, Dude, that's just crazy, bro. It's in Columbia.
0: Please don't let that game. Noon game or night game.
3: So, what are the chances y'all think we have of going one and one in Missouri and South Carolina? Shoot. Uh, One and two, Missouri, South Carolina, and LSU. Not great. Y'all see 0 and 3? Considering what the road goals are, yes. Napa win one. He's going to win one. He has um, to. They guy one of those, right?
0: Yeah. You know would be Preferably LSU. You know, you know what would be so, Florida? We're talking like this, knowing that they've had road struggles. Mm-hmm. And it's not been good. But it would be so like Florida for this to happen with those three games.
3: That is not happening, though.
0: They know these 18,
1: 19-year-olds, man, they might get up for these games. We don't
0: know. I don't think it's gonna happen, but like Marcus just said, we don't know. But it would be the funniest thing if that would have actually happened.
3: I mean, yeah, like
0: um
3: we have a better defense, we have a better defense than I mean, I think we have a better defense than South Carolina, Missouri, and LSU. Their
0: offensive line, their offensive line is terrible. I'm I'm not even gonna lie about that.
3: Yeah, send the send the pressure, send school
0: 38 10. If we go up there and we win 38 to 10. I will be highly impressed. Wait, who's in? Rob, who's in it in a tie? <laughs> I don't
1: know. I don't know about that one, bro. I can't co-sign that one.
3: Yeah, yeah
0: I, don't, I don't know. Sign that because we ain't in in ties no more. They got rid of that. That 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 they got rid of that when they started screwing teams out of the national championship games. So um, yeah, we ain't gonna end in no tie. See Jerry, never say never.
3: Yeah, but I think I'm saying that wrong. Right. I'm, I'm not getting my hopes up with that one, bro. I, I, two yeah. and one is two and one would be great. Uh, I just I, I, massive. That would be huge. I think for Napier, man. I mean, that would say he's moving in the right direction. I just know, you know, we haven't been healthy all year on the offensive line, like as far as being consistent. So that's going to be tough to do. Uh, as far as like winning on the road without uh, absolute cohesion on the offensive line. Graham Mertz, he also has a horrible uh, road record himself throughout his career. Hopefully he can play well at williams Bryce and we get a win. But it's just – it's tough, man. I mean, I don't know. I'm hoping that he goes in and has a great game. Uh, Pretty much what I said against Kentucky. We need Graham Mertz to throw under 30 passes. We need uh, ETN and Montreal or Trayon Webb to have 10 touches each. And we need to play well.
0: Pray for me, y'all.
3: Oh my god! <laughs> no way!
0: I just got two players. I got two players playing right now.
3: Oh my god! And they
0: came back on you like that. One on each team. Oh, oh and this is my other league, y'all.
3: That's crazy. They got they got quit. Let me see what my scores are. My scores are ugly. Thank you, Travis Etienne. Yeah. Thank yeah. You. Don't turn the ball. Don't turn the ball over. No. That, that,
0: that's the one thing we we got to win the turnover battle. We have absolutely got to win the turnover
3: battle.
1: teams have to actually be special. Mertz, don't put the ball in harm's way like we've always been doing, like we've been doing all season. Take the shots from right the air. Offense line, for the love of God, bring your hard hats. But the the offense is as a structure is going to be what it is. It's not going to be exciting. It's not going to be pretty. I mean, bonus ugly at times, to be honest with you, but hey, if they block and they execute the plays that are out there, then it'll be all right. Defense just continue to be sound. Tackle. Don't wilt. They're going to make some plays because Spencer Brown is a good quarterback. You, you got to stay in the game, stay the course. Call with blitz them, pressure them, do what you got to do.
3: Bro, I'm like the high scorer in my league. This is pissing me off. Anyways.
0: Yeah. Um... But looking at this game, I would say offensively, what I want to see is, yeah, let's get Eugene Wilson third involved, like early, often, even, <laughs> as, even as a decoy. Because yeah. even as a decoy, if you watch, if you watch, teams are starting; to, they're starting to key in on but it's opening everything up for everybody else.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Right sure. so now, you're seeing Ricky get open more often. Now you're seeing Arlis Bordenham starting to thrive. Yeah. The thing to him be just a decoy is starting to open things up for more players and more receivers, more yep. tight. So that's what I mean. When I say getting involved, early. Yeah. And you also saw was a lot of pump faking. Like they going off, they go motion, see a pump fake there. Vanderbilt bit on the good amount of times. So, and Jimmy Garoppolo just threw an interception. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Find a way to even, like I said, use him as a decoy and get him and get him involved that way. Because seeing Arliss Boardham do what he did this past week, I think honestly, he's starting to get more. He's starting to get more confident. He's starting to really put it all together. And even as a blocker, yeah, i was gonna
3: say blocker as well.
0: That's the thing. He blocked really well in this game. Yep. He's just gotta keep being consistent and keep putting it all together. I'm proud of what I'm seeing from him because. It was a time where it wasn't looking that great for him. It wasn't really getting on the field. Now he's starting to, he's practicing better, yep. which is him playing better. His confidence is growing, like I said. I'm, I'm impressed with what I'm seeing from him. I, I, and I want to see more of it, but we got ourselves a big time target with him.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, this offense uses him a lot. But like, do any of them scare you to go down the field or just run out no. at all? No, Argus has that ability to do it. So if he's able to stay consistent and keep practicing, keep his good habits up and able to get on the field and contribute in those ways, and that's a big boon for this offense because they need somebody that can make a move other than Trey.
3: Yeah, I agree. Because that Ricky Pierce saw motion is not scaring anybody. I'm sorry. It's just- you
1: don't think they'll show more than what they should all see? If you haven't shown anything by this time in the conference play, then what are we doing?
0: Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. I think it's actually gonna start because now what they did, they ran a reverse off. They ran a reverse off of it to him.
3: That was good. That was good. You that see? was more creative.
0: Yeah, it was more creative. They're able to. So now that motion, and now you got to worry about the pop pass with, with Eugene Wilson. So that motion is it's starting to work a little bit more
3: now. As long as it's creative and it's not just you know feeding up in the middle with that motion, it's like on
0: both, on both sides, sides of the ball. You know I think what? it will like a lot more
3: pressure. Listen. Yep, I am
0: just about to get ready to say that. I think you're yep. going to see pressure in this game. Because, and I think, honestly, Florida really needs to look at that North Carolina film to see what they did. They got a lot of pressure on Spencer Rackley. And he just did not play his best game. Now pressure
3: you, from different areas.
0: Him. Yeah. Now, of course, you want to look at what they did last week as well. Because, I mean, just getting two different sides of the, of the film. So, and, you know, early really keep running. The game, yeah, I, hey. I, I agree. If, if it's 7 nothing, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> we get down 14-0, it's going to be a little dicey.
1: Even then, You don't have to completely abandon it or anything, but you can yeah. still do
3: it. But getting down 14 yeah. is not ideal. Like Napier, Napier, when he's down 14-0, this man loses his mind.
0: Mm. You see that?
3: And they okay. run forward?
0: They actually have a few times. And a few times they did, they were able to run the ball better because because you can stack the box.
3: Also, if we're gonna do that, put Andy gene out there because not only is he a great like route runner, pass catcher the ball, he can block his tail off. So yeah.
0: I'll say this though. Um with with because Tra- I expect Trevor Etienne to be back this week. I, I can- expect well right now all the guys to be back. I don't I'm not sure about King. We'll have to get an update on him, but you know, I expect guys to be back. Our, a lot of our main guys to be back. So hopefully, um, we can finally keep a cohesive offensive line. I do want to see more Cam Wade. I do want to see more Najee Harris also. Yeah. Get and to Linda. the second level. There. You said what? Get to the
3: second level. If you're the offensive line, get to the second level. Push them both off the ball. Defensive yeah, exactly. line, you can be physical. Because my yep. thing is. If South Carolina can be physical enough to handle Georgia, go you know, go into the house and handle them a little bit, they're gonna be ready for us for yeah. sure. I mean, transfer of
1: property in college football is kind of weird, but you know, I get the point. Like they have guys that can do some things and create some movement. It's all up to us to actually just to match that, especially on the road. With, but with a really young team, because they haven't been able to do that at Kentucky. They've been able to do it with Napier's entire tenure so far, so they really have to start doing it now.
3: Watch of, out. Watch out for Jordan Strong, bro. The edge. I'm telling you.
0: He's nice. Was, you brought up Kentucky. I'm gonna say this. Fans, I understand we're we're all upset that we lost the game. Yeah, I, I definitely am. I'm not used to us losing Kentucky. I'm sick of it. But I'm gonna say this also. You guys look at the Georgia Kentucky score, and yeah, you got pissed off about it. Everybody did. Y'all have also got to understand that a lot of these are about matchups, too. Georgia yeah. just matches up better with Kentucky because you can't,
3: you can't beat Georgia playing that style of football if you're Mark
0: Stewart. You just took the words right out of my mouth. Kentucky tried to out Georgia Georgia again. And once again, they were blown off the field.
3: Yeah, they were beat down, bro.
0: not do that. At some point, like people got to rise. Like I said, it's about matchups. Florida, I, I would say. Even though I don't think I don't expect them to beat Georgia, they actually match up with Georgia better than Kentucky does. Now, we match up with Kentucky right now. We don't match up well with them. Can we get back to that to the point where we can dominate them? Yeah, we keep recruiting the way we are, and we take it off as coordinator. The reason
3: why I would say we match up better with them is because Graham Mertz is accurate and he's not, he doesn't make a lot of bonehead mistakes.
0: That's also awesome.
3: it'll be it'll be low score. I think it could be low scoring, and our defense can keep us in the game a little bit. My issue is matching up with Brock Bowers.
0: Well, hell, nobody matches up with Brock Bowers.
3: So you got to pressure Carson Beck and force him to throw, you know, errant passes. So, anyways, yes, yes, yes. without yeah. A doubt, yeah.
0: If, if that wasn't clear enough um, this past week, um, I don't know what else would be.
3: Yeah, he's every-down every tight end.
0: Yeah, it is clear that he is by far our best tight end. Yeah. We want to see more of him. And I, and I think this is a game where he can get busy, too. Because I think the middle of the field is going to be open against the South Carolina defense.
3: Yeah. I think if you're, if you're an AP, look at what you did last year. You know, you can kind of apply that same concept, but also at the same time, don't be afraid to take some risk on defense. Like, Spencer Rattler does not play well under pressure in my opinion. Oh, A B about to win, bro. He's about to win.
0: Because I got AJ Dillon in my lineup. I had to take Aaron Jones out because um apparently he wasn't able to play tonight. So Yeah, you, you made
1: those sure. things where they if you if it's a question, they're not gonna play you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so Hopefully, um, they get the ball to AJ Dillon again. Let him get about a few yards, maybe three, four, five yards. Um,
1: and here he goes.
0: And I'm, I'm over here live tracking this. Does this put me ahead?
3: Yes, right. it did. <laughs> there we <go>. right,
2: <laughs> yes,
3: so AB, let, let's go. Let's go ahead and get these score predictions, man. Honestly, let's
0: but, see what we got. Let's say this. AJ Dillon, you got me ahead, but if you fumble the football, i I will break my foot off the hill, John Brown High, and then mm-hmm. you run a mile.
3: Saying that, meanwhile, your running back Tony Pollard did nothing from yesterday. But anyways, touchdown.
0: That seals the deal for me. Oh, Dylan scored. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. But um, score prediction. Oh wait, hold on. We missed one here. The way we've always been tough guys news and our athletes' way to a, Yeah, that that's very true. That is very true. One thousand percent, Rob. One thousand. Part because Kyle Pitts was generation. No, let's not do. That. <laughs> let's not do that. I want to
3: do comparisons, but I can't maybe balance. maybe the next canoe is Ingram. I relax. I
0: think you meant Mac Jones? Ugh. I'm sorry. We're gonna so we're gonna say a prayer. We gonna Can't say you a Mac Jones.
1: Not McCorkle?
0: Yes, McCorkle Jones.
3: Jay Money, I I, I love your positivity. Yeah, bro. Jay
0: Money's all on the score. He says 38 to 10. You know what? Like I said, Jay Money, if we do that, I'm gonna be very bar- first of all, I'm gonna be feeling great going into the bye week.
3: But Getting the week going to the bye week, is essential, bro. It is. Like it uh, is. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs>
1: anyway. We can
0: just see what Mark is just.
1: <laughs> I'm just saying, man. I'm just. I got my sources, baby. That's 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 frat frat man. Frat man.
0: You all native?
3: No. Where's Mac? Where's Mac from?
0: Jacksonville, yeah, wow, bro. Oh, we went to Bowls,
3: yeah. He played at Bulls. He
0: played at Bowls, oh, they were winning every darn championship there. So,
1: Mandarin Mac, baby,
3: Jesus.
0: Hey,
1: is some people need real team? estate in Jacksonville, man. We try to help them out here.
0: That's your city, Mark.
1: it is. I don't yeah. claim parts of it, though, sadly.
3: Yeah, parts of it, man. Look,
0: you claim that part of it. I don't claim
1: Mandarin. What it look like?
0: Oh, but you're playing bowls.
1: I don't claim bowls. Fuck bowls.
0: <laughs> Respect Jack Piper's school?
1: Well, him. I make an exception.
3: Uh, he, he's, a, he's an exception, bro. Come on. Yeah.
1: The exception is to every rule.
0: Marcus, because the quarterback's from your city, you get the first crack at the score prediction.
3: Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay,
1: great. I'm in a great mood this week. So I'll take twenty. I don't think floor is gonna play really hard. They're gonna play inspired football. They're gonna take care of the football. Twenty three seventeen South Carolina. <laughs> 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 Hey, anyway, until I see the road walls changed, that's just what I'm going to pick the rest of the way. It is what it is.
3: You heard it here first. Billy Napier's first road win Second. this year.
0: Oh, I was going to say, um, yeah, you forgot. Um...
3: Hey, wait, who
0: would beat last year on the road?
3: Who we beat last year on the road? Oh, and a&M oh, AM. Year. Anthony Richardson Masterclass. Okay, yes. i going to give some more. Yeah. Yeah. This is going to be Billy Napier's first one of the season this year on the road. And we're going to win 20, 27 to 23 because Napier is going to run the ball early. We're going to score on the first drive. We're going to get a stop and a turnover. Mm hmm and boarding him is going to be a mismatch for the linebackers, and we're going to be able to run the ball in the gaps. Hey, who?
0: So. Speaking of Boardingham, there
3: you 30, go, Jerry. 30, I, I'll do it, bro. I would do it. I would do it. Need it. Amen. <laughs> <Hey>, man. <sighs> look, bro, I don't look, man. I, I, I know it, Rob. I know it, man. I know it. You know, in my head, like, logically, I'm, like, 24 to, like, 13 South Carolina. But, like, I'm just going to give us the benefit. We got to win. We got to win one road game, bro. Like
1: uh, You got to do it at some point, right? Like, considering the schedule and how some of these teams are looking that we have to put on the road this year, it's looking dicey because that LSU offense is lethal. We got to play in Baton Rouge. Mm-hmm. The very next week, we got to play another lethal offense in Missouri in Columbia. If that's noon kickoff. Good luck. So you
3: gotta win one of these. South Carolina has to be the game we win on the road.
1: You know, I'm trying to go two for two on my birthday weekend. So please, Florida, don't disappoint me. But then again, that's also why I picked it because my track record when Florida plays in that particular weekend is uh,
3: not great, Bob. <laughs> but it's gonna, gonna birthday, birthday, it's gonna be a good birthday, Marcus. It's gonna be a good birthday. So, AB. Go ahead, bro. Oh, God. Oh, brother. What are we doing here? This man's fighting demons. That's what's going on right now. Come on, make this bleak. Make a pick. He's literally fighting demons.
0: Because I grew Marcus. <laughs> I got to see Billy in the scene one road game.
3: This, is, a this first. is crazy. This is a first. Oh, oh, clip this, Jerry. Yo, wait a minute. I- I'm definitely, bro, are you serious?
0: So, with my score prediction, like I said, I got to see him win a road game. I think you finally see it that year. Oh,
1: oh, I mean, oh, the fake out. <laughs> you son of a bitch. 28 it. to
0: 21. And the reason why late in this game, we'll be up 28-21. Mm-hmm. That's when you're going to see the pressure really get dialed up. I think Austin Armstrong sends pressure really all day long. Yeah. And because of that, it's going to lead to some turnovers. We're going to force some turno- a couple of turnovers. And this is, like I said, it's going to be a hard-fought game. It's, it's really going to be a hard-fought game on the road. Yeah. And for, it's hard for me to pick this because, like I said, I gotta see him win a road game.
3: This man but is fighting a major demon. He is fighting them hard, bro. I
0: I just think this is this is the road game right here that jumpstart Florida to be a better team on the road because it's gonna it's gonna be like getting the monkey off their backs and hey, we did it. Finally got another win on the road now. We can can just – we can relax. We can play free, still be consistent, still execute. But this just feels like the game where it happens. It does.
3: It it has to be the game, bro. I mean, I saw it being something like that.
1: Yeah, I saw it very much being a very methodical take-care-of-business game against Vandy. You know yeah, I mean, he probably score less.
3: I thought it was gonna be like 31-14 or something. I'll,
0: I'll like I will say this: I did, but for me personally, it took longer than what we thought it would. Be. Yeah, right. I hope we get the lead, not getting something. Yes, and I and I don't think he's gonna do that. He, I think he learned his lesson from that with the Tennessee game. I don't think he's gonna do that.
3: No, you can't do that on the road. You gotta keep trying to score.
0: To
1: 14. I don't know about that one, but I love the I love the
3: confidence
0: though. right now, that happens. Um,
3: celebratory.
0: Oh yeah, uh, I'm pouring up. That's all I'm saying. I mean,
3: we going going into the season, we all predicted. Well, outside, we thought we were going to be seven and zero.
0: Well, considering fact, Jeremiah Smith is not an Oklahoma commit. <laughs> um. <laughs> By the way, shout out to them for getting that we didn't even know you um Yeah, we found out they were for you. That that was the game we waiting on for them. Shout out hey, to them. For... My my
3: condolences to my brother Brandon Park, uh Dr. Physical. Oh,
0: doctor. I know he's sick. I I I
3: ask
0: y'all about him because I know nah, Brandon is not, yeah, sick. Hey, could it could be worse? Could be Darnell right now. Dog. I'm sorry. My bad, Darnell.
3: My bad, man. We win. Yeah. Go to the Bible week. Bro, yeah. my thing is I cannot sit on an L for two weeks. I can't do it. Or a week. I, I
0: can't.
3: Do I can't. Bro, I'm a, let's, let's be honest. I'm a Dolphin fan. I've seen
0: – Yeah, we I got like that already.
3: Bro, my, my first Dolphins game ever, I saw Lamar Jackson – start his, like, MVP campaign. Like, we got murdered. So, I'm numb. I'm numb.
0: This man said he numb.
3: I've seen Ryan Fitzpatrick throw, like, four interceptions. I've seen Jay Cutler. I've seen Jay Ajayi get traded, in you know, in the middle of the season.
1: I've seen worse things than all of those. It'll be all right.
3: <laughs> it's all right, bro.
1: But now I'm in football. I'm in football nirvana because I have a quarterback now. And you have a quarterback now.
3: And I think both of our quarterbacks are better than a certain quarterback, but um, I mean, yeah. get into this
0: war tomorrow. Wednesday. Or Wednesday.
1: Wednesday. Wednesday.
0: But I'm gonna say this: it may be time to start looking around. I'm not on the I'm not on the and train yet. Whoa, like, I, I would say it may be time to start looking around.
1: <laughs> Smile for the camera.
0: Hey.
1: Are you serious,
0: bro? By the way, I definitely got to give this a shout out. This is a big time hire for the Florida women's basketball program to get Ryan Howard on this staff as the, the director of player personnel. Mm-hmm. This is this is a woman that was number one pick in the draft out of Atlanta Dream. She had a great season this past season, and you know she's able to do it because WNBA does not run into women's basketball.
3: That's amazing. She'll be
0: able to coach. This is a huge hire. Wait, bro, she was the number one overall pick. Yeah, in 2022. Wow. She was the number one overall pick in the draft. Played wow. at the University of Kentucky, and she did kill us every time we played them. Huh? Um,
3: That's crazy.
0: But yeah, she she has been hired as the, I think, the assistant director player of personnel. That's big time That's a big time hire. I'm <clears throat> not on this train yet, but I'm getting close. I'm getting close. Well, we,
3: tried to, we, we tried to warn you. We tried to warn you, you bro.
0: Yeah, um, Rob, I'm not going to put that next comment up. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> is it Trey Lance time and Dallas? Them stuff.
0: That this is. The, Ryan Howard does have a connection to Florida. Her mom actually played at Florida. Oh, okay. That's nice. Her connection to Florida. Her mom. Her mom played there. I think from. I think they said eighty-seven to ninety-one. So, that's her connection. But yeah, y'all got any final thoughts before we um <clears throat> before we wrap this up.
1: It's my birthday weekend. Please don't screw it up, Florida. You've done it every other time. But this time, there's a slimmer of hope because you're not playing LSU.
3: Yeah. My prayers to my to my Gators because I need this, man. I need this win this weekend. I, need it. I hate South Carolina. I hate them. So let's get it done. I can't
0: stand South Carolina
3: either. We need Lattimore, to Lattimore in 2010 is what? I just can't. So yeah. well,
0: well, I had to bring
3: that up, man. Um, that was awful.
0: Pain, why well, you had to bring that up.
3: I'm sorry, man.
0: I don't think you are. Bad day. The time I've ever been good with South Carolina beating us was 2014, especially since Steve Spurrier literally said, Yeah, um, this might be the game where, um, your next day, yeah. Sorry, somebody was fired. Yep, we trying,
1: man. We trying. We doing our best.
3: We we are, man. Man,
1: I'm gonna have to break my damn life.
3: Kenny, we praying, bro. I need it. I need it. Yeah, he don't want to. He don't want to see Tevin Westbrook drop no more passes in the end zone, man.
0: Bro, oh.
3: what? I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. Oh, Hey, this man, this man, Marcus was cutting his birthday cake and seeing that.
1: <laughs> right, I was cut my was my first game ever in the swamp too, man. I see that. I see Fournette absolutely trounce all over them, Marcus Bay, man. Oh, my <laughs> God. a
3: third twenty six. Hey, we had a, a and we had him in the pink attire, bro.
1: Man, the only thing that had me that had me very excited, The only one, the only win I got over LSU was I got a, girl, a girl's number that day. That's the only thing I got.
3: That's pain, bro. Really,
0: Jerry?
3: I'm sorry, bro. It's just the hilarious. L- it was pain.
1: Last year, the game <laughs> well, year, was played on, on my birthday. Exactly. That's sure, oh my god.
3: Oh, Jaden Daniels had a master class. <laughs>
1: Bro, I was cutting my birthday cake in tears. Bro, it was so bad. Like, you know, y'all remember the Tom Share Usher episode where they got the cake and, like, the ice cream and stuff? And Tom just sitting there on the press, like, the damn uh, ice cream just melts. That's how my plate was. was Melted ice cream. Melted <laughs> ice cream and
3: tears.
0: Oh, man.
3: Bro, look, it, it's not, he said it's not LSU. So we got a shot. My other final
0: thought. Marcus, you'll agree with this one. Hold on, go brave, chop on.
1: Hey, salute, salute to Atlanta. I will not be doing this because, no, yeah, I will
0: not be doing that chop. Because I, happy
1: business.
0: yes, we are playing South Carolina earlier than usual. Thankfully,
1: we, you know, he plays LSU later than usual, which is weird. I'm late in the season, I don't know why. Yeah, man, this is this is
0: a great episode, man. Having Andrew early to start getting recruiting, and getting that kind of inside look at how you scout these players and how you evaluate these players. Just great, great information. Just great insight right there. be able, able to recap a win and then preview this game, I will say this, though. Y'all, there will be no song of the week this week for this reason. There will be no song of the week on here until Florida gets a road win.
3: A.B., that's the best thing you've ever said, bro. Boy, you do it. Facts.
0: Answer this question real quick before we get out of here. Yes, Rob.
3: Yes. Yeah, hopefully.
0: Expect him to be back.
1: Hey, man, his brother went crazy in London. I'm him to go crazy in Columbia.
0: And just to give you a little inside information on this, he's been banged up since the Tennessee game. That's yeah. what a lot of people don't know. So people have been wondering why Montreal Johnson's been getting more carries. Lately in games, there's your answer right there. E.T. has been banged up since the Tennessee game, so um, yeah, yeah, you gotta you gotta cut him some slack, right there.
3: Hey, look, we got another back in in Spider Man, bro. So let's get it.
0: Definitely, um, let everybody know where they can follow y'all and burner accounts and everything.
3: Jay Breezy II I, on Twitter. You don't have to worry about a burner account. man. I feel like I've been a peacemaker this season, you know. Sweet, not Positivity, Tell and, <laughs> and Lamar underscore II on Instagram.
1: Well, y'all know me, Marcus Davis 904 on Twitter. I may or may not have this account deleted in case, you know, for wins, and, of course, the Jags win, all my birthday, actually, this weekend. I'll be a very happy and satisfied man.
3: Sunday's going to be a great day. Hey.
1: I hope so. <laughs> rest, uh, rest up, Ar man. That that, that hurt. Let's see, him, yeah. let's see how now. said rest up like you did. What am I doing,
0: <laughs> Rob? I'm gonna just leave it at this.
1: We will not be touching that one.
0: No, man. What is this? You'll find out later on. Yeah. But when you find out later on, don't be surprised. I'm going to just say that.
3: You can, you, can either,
0: so. you can follow me on Twitter at AceWay1, on Instagram at Ace underscore wave one ladies. Um, you can follow the podcast page on Twitter. Stop being a hater. Mark. Follow the podcast page on Twitter at inside underscore swamp, on Instagram at food and on TikTok at InsideSwamp. We we will be doing more TikTok videos. You yeah, we we'll uh, doing the
1: Aris Boardingham
3: dance on there when he scores a touchdown.
0: You and you will
3: right, TikTok. he said he said if it was
0: thirty eight to ten, right? If it's somewhere around thirty eight to ten, around that score, um, you will be doing the video, the the Arlis dance, and you will post it on the TikTok page. All right, and bro. Thirty
3: eight to ten on the thirty eight on the road, bro. I'll do it.
0: Yeah, you will be doing all of that.
3: Yeah, bro, for sure.
0: But yeah, um, and also remember follow Andrew Ivans on Twitter and and Andrew Score Ivans, follow two four seven sports and read all his stuff. Um, and damn, Jimmy Garoppolo almost threw another interception. But um, this has been another great episode of Swamp Inside Sports ladies We are gonna leave you as we always do, and shout out and Talking Sauce for being on here. Shout out, yeah.
3: hey.
0: shout out hey. B- to y'all.
3: Always way. We got to collab
0: with y'all again, man. We definitely got to collab with y'all again.
3: <laughs> we got to have a mid-season checkup, bro. That bye week. <laughs> yeah, man. That probably is going to get crazy, isn't it? Yeah, yeah definitely, definitely.
0: Check in on the bye week. We definitely. Yeah. Gotta. And we got to check in on the um, predictions we have before the season. See where everybody is on the leaderboard. You
3: know? Yeah, yeah.
0: On that. But um, this has been another great episode of Swamp Inside Ford Athletes. We're going to leave y'all as we always do. God bless y'all. Go Gators. Y'all stay safe out there. Take care. You love them something you love them every day. Take care of your mentals. Take care of your chicken. Always do, as we always say. Wash your face. Wash your hands. Marcus.
1: <clears throat> with soap and with water. Hot water, that is. With a loofah. A washcloth. Whatever it is that you may prefer. Carefully. Meticulously mm. and thoroughly wash your ass, and and wear socks and shoes in the movie theater in any other public setting. That
3: is all. Take your pills and take your pills and pay your bills.
0: Yeah. Oh, and by the way, going to go ahead and tell y'all this: Beard oil will be here soon.
3: Well, the beer will be here soon.
0: That's crazy. I did order it, y'all. I ordered it.
3: Hey, let's go, bro. Beer,
0: yeah, game. beer I had, game. I decided to order try it out, see how it is.
1: Uh, Jerry, I ain't gonna lie, bro. Your beer looking real Sunni right now, man. Looking real what? You're looking real Sunni right now. You look like Freeway.
3: Bro. Freeway. Oh, <laughs> you look like a real Philly nigga right now. <laughs> Dog, no, I need to I, hit it, comb it a little bit.
0: Every time I hear that particular freeway song, I think about the move you got served when they got there. <laughs> yeah,
3: it was it was all bad.
0: It's still no moves. All because Sunny jumped ship and gave him all moves. But my thing is, if you Steve all right, you not notice that. Like, man, um, how you
1: know this is very much move between these girls, so it didn't really make much sense. It is what it, it is.
0: It, and, and they won the money in the end, so hey, we knew who was better. But y'all be that guy. Bless y'all. Go get us again. We're going to see y'all next week. And tune in to Indisputable Evidence, not tomorrow, Wednesday night. Yeah. We'll see, hopefully see if Darnell's with us. Um, Check all local bars in South Florida. We, we put an APB out for Darnell.
1: Particularly in the parking area.
0: Yeah, particularly in the parking area. I know this man was sick to his stomach. Yeah. I don't sure. think- because, uh, yeah, we're going to definitely get into that game. <laughs> 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 yeah. I can't wait for that one. But we're going to say that for that day. Y'all be safe. God bless y'all. We'll see y'all next week.